My name is Jermaine, a.k.a. L4. I'm an artist and a rapper. I'm the shit. You can't deny it. And you're listening to the Just Conversation podcast. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4. What does live mean? Uh huh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button and get notified the second new episodes are released. Also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner to share opinions and ideas on the topics we discuss. Yes, so pull up somebody, get nice and cozy and warm, and turn this volume up, put on those boxing gloves, and get ready for a knockout round where you'll beat each other's brains in because you realize this is the moment you don't agree and your relationship is ending because of whatever we're talking about and you completely dislike it. Because that's usually what happens. Every couple that listens breaks up and then they comment and they're like you motherfuckers you ruined my relationship and i'm like sounds like you chose to listen which this is more on you than it is on us because we're we're saving relationships fair enough because they could be happier with somebody they could have a normal conversation with without freaking out Mm -hmm. and we're like saving them from being in this long-lasting relationship and realizing 20 years down the line i hate this person that's what this show's about we're just saving you from garbage yeah. By giving you wokeness. That's all it is. It's woke not complicated. Tacos. Woke Yum. tacos for days. We cook them with the essence of the universe, sprinkle cheesy consciousness on top, and we hand you this perfect, very uh, woke taco to enlighten you. Anyways, before we get into what we're doing today and serving you that wokeness, we're going to jump into some reviews. reviews, which we get on Apple Podcasts, but you can essentially send us reviews wherever you want. They are useful that let people know if they should tune into the show, if they want to tune into the show, if maybe you don't like something about the show and you write in that review and they're like, I don't like that either, so I don't have to jump in. But maybe you like something particular and you put it in there and they're like, I like that thing about that show. I want to go listen to that thing that they said they like because I like it too. And in either case, you're a leader and they're followers. So you want to be a leader? Go leave a review and build an army of followers. Everyone wants to be a leader. Yeah. If you want to be a leader, you leave a review and people will follow. People will be like, I like this guy's message. He's my new messiah and he doesn't like this show. I'm not going to listen. Thank you, God. Or they'll be like, I like what my messiah is saying. And I'm going to tune in. And every time my Messiah tunes in, I'm going to tune in. I don't know where they are, but now I'm going to learn how to hack, track down through the IP that left this, find where they live, show up at their door and be like, you left that review on Just Conversation Podcast. I'm going to follow you forever now. That's horrifying. I hope that doesn't lead back to us. If it does, so long as nobody dies, maybe we're the leaders of a cult that's already begun because of stuff like this. (laughs) Do you want to be the leader of a cult? Do you want to start a giant movement in which we're the leaders, but you're an important second-tier leader that leads a bunch of mindless sheep? Then leave a review on the Just Conversation podcast. We're 
we, our followers are cheap, but we're giving them woke tacos. Yes, we feed them woke tacos. Shouldn't they be woke? Are they woke sheeps? They're sheep that are getting woke. Mm-hmm. You're only not a sheep once you're woke. Okay. You see, that's how it goes. Uh-huh. We give them woke tacos to get them to stop being sheep. Except it's kind of like the Fight Club problem where you leave your sheep life and follow some other guy, which is essentially living a sheep life. But they don't know. They think they're woke. It's fine. Anyways, so these reviews, we read them every episode. And we're going to read you some of the reviews we got here so you guys know what people talk about the show. And if you want your review read, you throw it in there and eventually we'll get to it. There's too many. We'll get there eventually. Eventually. Mm -hmm. One day. There's, There's more episodes and there are reviews, presumably. If we knock two at a time. So we'll catch up eventually, I guess. Anyways, the first one is from Rico A87. Birth name. Tuned in to Ramble 11. Time travel possibilities. And I had the most intense eye-opening drive to work. A very thorough ramble that threw me for a loop. Pun intended. Despite the depth of the conversations this podcast constantly has, the episodes are usually 30 minutes or less. Give them a listen if you want a quick mental hike. Always the Critic Podcast. That is a person who tuned in to very old episodes. Yeah, I guess the time... The early days of rambling. Yeah, the ramblings have grown since then. Yes, but if you guys want some nice short tidbits of stuff, the old school days of rambling have those nice short tidbits of stuff. You can go enjoy those. Or the Instagram. Enjoy the Instagram. Instagram is essentially that. You can go to Just Convo Pod on Instagram and find clips the size that they're talking about. The second one is from DT Hack 3 which is the name of a robot. Are the, is the first one also the name of a robot? Why is that a real person? Why wouldn't Rico A87 be a real name? Who are you, the name, please? You're saying he's a real... That's a real name. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Why are you saying the second one's not? Why? You think that's a name? That's clearly a robot code. They both sound like robots. You're not the name, please. Are you the name, please? Yes. I've always been the name, please. Whoa. And now I take my mask off and my identical face has the mask is under it. DT Hack 3 Robot name. Love it. So entertaining. This is my first time listening to this podcast, but I absolutely love it. Was recommended to listen to the Conspiracy Conspiracy, and they covered so much. Never was there a dull moment, and the way that the hosts really dive into the conversations is awesome. We'll definitely be tuning in from here on out and recommending this. To everyone I know, which is presumably more robots. Yes. So I love the name of that conspiracy. The conspiracy conspiracy? It's the best conspiracy. It's a conspiracy about conspiracies. This is how woke you guys, you guys got to understand when you get to a certain level of woke, things just collapse into one another. It's, It's what wokeness is about. That's just how it goes. Anyways, today we have a treat for you guys, for you long time listeners. Ooh. We've been begging for this to for this guest to come back. Yes, for you who've been begging for this guest. It's been a while, but he's back 
with flying colors of or essentially gray. dark shades of gray. Yeah, with every with all the fifty shades of gray you could ever want. Jermaine Rosado, aka L Four El Rapor, and my childhood homie, one of my favorite people to talk to, one of the gloomiest motherfuckers I've ever met. But he's real, and that's what I like. He's just out front about how he feels and what he's thinking. The true struggling artist. Yes. Who struggles to defeat himself. Mm-hmm. Heavily, heavily, heavily. It's a it's a giant problem that uh, creators f- fight all the time, which is beating ourselves and defeating ourselves and kind of getting through our own bullshit for the most part. It's hard to learn to discipline yourself through sheer willpower. Nobody's obligating you. Nobody has a gun to your head. Nobody's making you do anything. You have to decide, I'm going to sit and do the thing. He should do that challenge. He the should 365 do challenge. the 365 challenge. Did he say he was going to do it or not? I don't he remember. He said he found it interesting. Ooh. It's hard one, especially with how much work it takes to put out a whole song by the end of a day. The entire process. He'll learn so many different... He's going to figure out what he finds comfortable by the end of it, though. He's going to find what spot is his spot by the end of it. Yeah. Because he'll try writing a lot of the time. He'll try winging it a lot of the time. He's going to try different subject matters. Because he's going to get bored of doing the same thing over and over, just looking for variety. That's the best reason to do it, for the different subject matter. You don't know how creative until you get to the ending or towards the ending. And you're like, I've done everything. I need more, though. I need different. That's when... You're losing your mind because you're getting bored. But you know the only way out of this is just to come up with something different. Yep. The obligation. Necessity is the mother of invention. And when you feel obligated to come up with something new, and that deadline at the end of the day is getting closer, getting closer, getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. And you're like, I haven't thought of anything. I haven't thought of anything. Fuck, I only got two hours. Who cares? I'm going to just fucking watch a cartoon, rap about it. Well... You just made up some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And who knows? That might be your most inspired work because it happened in a moment of desperation mixed with entertainment. It's weird. But it worked. It was something different. You discovered, wow, I could just consume something immediately before and spit that out. That is amazing. He needs to do it. Hopefully he does. But it's always entertaining to have a conversation with uh, germs uh, about these things. That's why I call him, guys. Childhood nickname, germs. For you old school listeners, you know. For you new school listeners, germs. He's a ghost, if you don't know. Yeah, who got killed by a one-armed... A copy of a clone of yours. Yeah. It's really a really special copy. Yeah, it was the, the dysfunctional one. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with the rapper L4, my close homie from childhood, Jermaine Rosado. And, uh, you know, see you on the flip side, people. What's flip side? The other side of the, the conversation. Others? The other side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, hi. Hi. I'm slowly getting everything back on track, and I'm going to start making music pretty soon. I'm setting up the booth. I'm going to get some uh, soundproof foam in there, get everything going, and that's it. We're ready to go. Hell yeah, bro. That's how the fuck that shit has to be done. At the end of the day, all that shit happened, and you got nowhere to go and nothing to do. That's more free time. Just writing time. Fuck it. Yes, sir. That is 100% true. Hell yeah. Nevertheless, with that much crap stacked on top of each other, you have mad shit to write about. It's just right fuel. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. 
it's definitely is and it's honestly taking the amount of time that i did off it it's refreshing to me now everything is coming back and it's like more it's hitting me again it's not like i'm forcing it and i'm not you know trying to make myself make a song now everything is just hitting me yeah so did you stop smoking pot yes i did how does that feel actually i'm not gonna lie it feels amazing how how, really good how long in have you been uh maybe like two three months jesus after the first couple of days that you have crazy vivid dreams well see the thing about me is that i have crazy vivid dreams whether i'm on a substance or not word jesus bro am i the only yeah lucky as fuck am i the only guy who just doesn't dream when fucking stoned i've heard several people say that they dream while high and they're like they got weird dreams meanwhile when i used to smoke Dude, I would have no fucking dreams. It's just like going into a black void and then waking up immediately. I'm not going to lie to you. Yet that is exactly what it was like for me. That is what it was like for me. When I was like, you know, doing what I was doing at that time. It, uh, yeah, I, I would just do it before going to work. I would go to sleep and just wake up like nothing would happen in between. And it was weird to me because I usually have pretty vivid dreams. But with pot, pot was doing it. It was like suppressing your dreams. Yeah, it was like I wasn't having any dreams while I was on it. But then once I stopped, it was it was back to normal pretty much, which is why I didn't pay it any mind because that's usually what it's like for me. I but always they, have they weren't dreams, like so. like we're talking so like so vivid you think they're reality. Yeah, really? Yep. Oh Jesus yep. Christ, that's a nightmare, bro. What the fuck? Like I, have, I love it. I have weird dreams. I used now keep in mind, as you guys know, I used to be like the super stoner. Like I was on some whole other level of getting stoned too frequently. I didn't think it was an issue, but uh, when I tried to stop and realize, hmm, it's I have cravings. I think I'm an addict, bro. I crave <laughs> this shit when I don't have it. That's fucking weird. That scared me, dude. That scared the shit out of me because I, you know, my I value my mind above all things. To think it's being controlled by something that shit scares the shit out of me. But uh. As soon as I stopped, like 10 days in, I had a like five day period where all the dreams were so fucking vivid, dude. They were like more real than reality itself. And I would wake up and wonder if I even had woken up. It was like that level of real that you wake up and I'm like, what the fuck did I, am I dreaming now? That shit happened to me. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Do you have those type of dreams now? Or it was just then? No, it mellowed out. It mellowed out. It, It came way down. But you, you, uh, your, your dreams aren't that vivid, or are they like that intense that you wake up and you're like, shit, am I still dreaming? It has happened to me a couple times, but to me, I don't know. Like I enjoy dreams like that. Like when I was younger, I used to have very vivid dreams, and I just was, I, I wanted to go to sleep just so that I can have a vivid dream. See, that was like my go-to. I'm like, I can't wait to fucking go to sleep so I can have a great dream. And there are places in my dreams that I still remember till this day. Well. That's crazy. I, as soon as I sobered up, what started happening to me was I started dreaming about this one place that to this day I have dreams consistently about. And I don't know where the fuck the place is. I don't know if it's real, uh, but it's like a town that I keep revisiting. I revisit it every couple of months and I go in and it's it's so vivid and I understand the layout. It doesn't feel like a fictional location. Like I can now, t- right now talking about it, I can picture the main street 
where like the business section is at and the stores on it and how to the right there's like a giant parking lot where they throw uh like celebrations and stuff and then to the left this opens up into like a field and like winding roads and shit and i can see all that vivid I don't know where this place is or if it's real at all. It could just be some elaborate fabrication of my mind or some shit. Fucking crazy. And it's just one place, though, for you? Yeah, well, there's other places I go to, but there's only one that's recurring. And every couple of months, I, I revisit the same fucking place. Does that place have a name that you can Google? No, I don't. I've never heard the name. I've never <laughs> heard the name of it. It's just I go there and I interact with the place and people and junk, but I don't know. It's weird. It's very strange. Yeah, for me, it was the same thing, but it's like multiple places. And at a certain time in my life, there were places that I would go to and I can get myself to go back to those places in my dreams. And it was I don't know how I did it, but it was so weird. That's crazy. I have continuing dreams if I have them in the same night. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, shit, I need to get back to that. I can lay back down thinking about that and just enter where I left off. Just go back into it. Yeah, I've done that shit before, too. Those I are love lucid that. dreams. <laughs> Those are they're not lucid per se, because you're not aware in when you fall back asleep, you're not necessarily in control. But you are where you wanted to go when you were awake. So isn't that that doesn't make it a lucid dream? No, a lucid dream is when you're aware in the dream that you're dreaming. Oh, which has happened to me many times, too. But that's somehow not as fun as me not knowing. Because when I know it's a dream, the fun kind of dies. And I don't know why. I guess not believing it is whack. Not believing it is whack. Except for that one place that I keep returning to. I'm fully lucid every time I'm there. I'm not dreaming. I'm aware that I'm in a dream. So I explore. Those streets don't have names. I, I, the, here's the thing. I get in there and it's like I don't have the focus to think about that. I'm just like, whoa, I'm here again. And then I forget shit like that. It's like when you come up with a plan like, hey, we're going to Six Flags. And then you go to Six Flags and you, I'm, I'm going to do this and that and this and that. And you get there and you don't do half of the shit you plan to do. You do a bunch of random other shit. Yeah. Yep. It's totally what happens. That's fucking nuts. So how do you feel, man? Is sobriety treating you well? Well, I'd I wouldn't say sobriety. I would say... A lot of other stuff, you know, things that I can't say right now because my my walls are so thin. Got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, everything has been great, though. I feel great. I mean, going to the gym and staying away from certain things. Yeah, has definitely. I feel way better than I was when I was in certain situations. Hey, what I would recommend is always eat well. That's it. Eating well beats quitting any drug. It does, but also quitting is also a good thing. You yeah. Know, depending on what you're doing at the time, certain things are... Yes, yes, 100%. Like, if you're a pill guy, maybe maybe leave that alone. But if you're like a... Like, weed, that's, that's dependent on the person. Like, I think you and I and the environment we had growing up, we should all probably stay away from it because we grew up in an environment that was very... One, it's one of the first things we were introduced to. So we have a tendency to magnet towards it, which means even if we don't have addictive tendencies in general, we have addictive tendencies towards that. And that's a problem. And it's because of our environment. So 100%, even if we don't have addictive tendencies, we'll crave that because it's just like... It's this not... What is it called? When you have like childhood, uh, 
Nostalgia. That's what it is. Nostalgia. I was just going to say it as soon as you said that. Nostalgia. So that's what happens. We have nostalgia for marijuana because of the environment we were in, which was everybody was smoking all the time. Adults were doing it. They didn't think it was weird for kids to be doing it. So whether or not we have addictive tendencies, we have nostalgia towards marijuana because we were doing it so young and thought it was normal that it was like skating as to us. It doesn't matter how far from skating we get to, we always fantasize about it. Yep, that's true. And that's that is a, very true. That's a fucking problem when it comes to weed. For other people, I don't like it. This, weed isn't a problem. Weed is not a bad thing. Probably smoking is because it's like, you know, fumes in your lungs is not normal. But THC isn't a problem. You could definitely eat weed brownies and shit like that. It's fine. Being high isn't a problem. It's when you're addicted to being high that's a problem. And I think yep. we have a, f- we love escapism. Skating was escaping for us. Drugs was escaping from for us. So we used all that and we always have those memories attached to it and we always follow that. I definitely feel that way for sure. So then what got you to quit? I just, um, well, see, the thing for me though is that it's never been hard. It's always been, I can replace it with alcohol. It's fine. Whatever. doesn't really matter. So that's what I did. I was just like, you know what? I don't need to be doing this shit. And I also needed <clears throat> needed to look for a job when I stopped, so I was like, I'm done. That's it. That's how easy it was for me. I'm done, and I didn't even look back at all. Didn't even think about it, because I had alcohol, and I still do. What? I thought you stopped drinking. It's always there for me. It's, <laughs> it's always No, no, different. no. I said I was going to try. <laughs> oh, you said you were going to try? I'm get it twisted now. <laughs> Damn. So you didn't? Huh? No, nah, I didn't. Damn. That's a hard one for you? Yeah, very hard. Very hard. I mean, it's not a thing where it's like every day. It's not an everyday thing at all. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, sometimes I get bored and I'm like, I am tired of being bored right now and there's nothing else to do. So I'm just going to drink. Force yourself to write, dude. That's what I'm doing. But the thing is, I had so many things that I had to do that I wasn't able to. I didn't have the time, but now I have the time and I can sit down and write as much as I want, even though I barely write anymore. Hold the fuck up. You... Didn't have the time to write, but had the time to get drunk. How does that sound? It sounds amazing because while I was doing the certain things that I was doing, like, you know, moving and doing all this other shit, I was able to drink in between. So you were doing all no, that shit No, I was drunk. able to drink while doing those things. See, got there's you, the thing. You. I can't write and move at the same time. Got you, got you. I feel you, I feel you. <laughs> but uh, so all that stuff stopped you from writing for a while? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I was not in the right, you know... I had to move a bunch of stuff. My studio had to be moved. So in in my mind, I think there's no point in writing music if I can't get it out. If I can't record, I'm not going to write, which sucks, but I can't. Like, I'm not going to sit there and write a song that I'm not going to use. I just can't anymore. I used to do that every day, but I can't do that. But why? That's the best. Because if you're going to put out everything you write then even the bad things you write, you're going to end up putting out rather than putting out a writing, 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 and then picking the best from a collection of things you've written. And then having, after you've done that several times, let's say you write 100 things, but you only pick 12 of them, those are the best 12. Instead of just every 12 you write, you put out 12, which means there has to be garbage in there by default. The thing with me, though, is that I have to listen to a beat and write. I'm not like Eminem. I used to write like that. I used to write like... 16 bars and just write the sickest shit that you could think of for you know just a 
random kid. I, I would be able to write the sickest shit. And then I was just, I just got tired of it because nobody wants to hear that anymore. People are just like, whatever, just rap about shit that, you know, parties and dancing and clubs and all this shit. So I just started switching over to that. And to be honest with you, it's not that bad. I'm not fucking killing myself writing the sickest bars and I don't have to think of the craziest things. I just have to, you know. But why is that more okay with you, dude? Fucking go through the struggle. Fuck what people want. See, but that's the thing is that I'm not one of these people that's going to do it for the culture. Fuck that. Fuck the culture. For the money. Fuck the culture. Oh, you're there for the money. That's a whole different thing. But fuck the culture. You don't have to do it for the culture. You just have to do what you want. Like, Eminem doesn't do shit for the culture. He does it because he's doing what the fuck he wants. Yeah, but that's Eminem, though. That's different. You can't compare me to that guy. That that dude is literally God in rap. Yeah, but so, you, mm-hmm. you got to chase your dream. You can't chase what some... Like, you're going to make it only as good as everyone else doing exactly what you're doing. My thing, though, is that once I stopped, it felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders once I found a new form to make music. Yeah. I didn't have to, you know, sit there for an hour and write a whole page of music just so I could crumple up the page and throw it in the trash. Like, that's exactly what I would do every night. Just throw away a bunch of songs that I thought weren't worthy enough. Because I always beat myself up over stuff like that. I could write the sickest song and throw it in the trash and somebody else would be like why did you throw that away that was amazing and i'd be like you can take it if you want i don't care but why not just save it rather than throw it away nothing is garbage you as a writer you always come back and view it with new eyes in the future just write it finish it put it to the side forget about it come back to it a year later and look at it with a fresh set of eyes to see if it was worth anything no i know that now I know that now because now I look back and I've listened to songs that I've done that were heavily like they were really lyrical. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I was doing that. Like I was really crazy. And then like <clears throat> it forced me to, you know, it forced me to think about it. So now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I'm not going to throw anything away because I could look back at it in the future and, you know, do what I did with the other songs and, you know, surprise myself. It's just at the time, I'm like, ah, fuck this shit, throw it away. I'm trying to stop doing that, though, so that I could, uh, you don't know. Like, you never know what you have until somebody either tells you what you have or you realize what you had in the future. Yeah. Uh, My best way, my favorite way of thinking about it is that you write something now, whether it's good or bad, if you just wrote it, you got it out of your system. If it was negative thoughts, you already hate that on principle of what it is it's a collection of your negative thoughts you all you're like fuck it i'm over it so you're not gonna like it if it looks like it's garbage then that could be a skill problem that you're not at the level to see how it's good but then you put it to the side and you keep writing and do other things in the future a year two years down the line you come back and you just pull this page out and you suddenly see how you can turn this into something amazing because of fresh thoughts you had before and new skill that you have now and you combine the two to make something amazing i think it's more new skill now to me it's not you know i feel like back then i was heavily lyrical when it came to my music and now it's like not even it can be every now and again shit i even switch languages like i i don't know i want to do things that not many people are doing coming from where we're where we come from and everybody's you know doing the same shit so i try to stray away from everything that they do so that i can make my own path 
I don't want to be put in the same category as, and not to throw any shade, but I don't want to be in the same category as Ant or any of his friends that rap or any of that shit. I want to be separate from all of that. So as a result, if I feel like they try to get more lyrical, my lyrics are like dumbed down a lot now. And I did that shit on purpose. So in a sense, I feel like back then I was way better, but now I can do things that I could not do back then when it comes to engineering when it comes to melodies and shit like that, I could never do that. So then my question is, do you enjoy producing more than you like writing? Uh, yes. I'm going to say yes. Way better. For me, it's way better. So if you could like, if you, somebody came up to you and they offered you two different contracts, you could only pick one. They're like, on this contract, you get a million dollars and you're going to only produce tracks for five years the other one says a million dollars but you're only going to write songs for five years you're taking the production contract wait is this all right so the writing contract am i a ghostwriter for somebody you can do whatever the fuck you want with that you could write it for somebody else you could write it for you so long the only thing you're allowed to do is the writing part you're not allowed to produce if you're gonna sing it somebody else has to give you a beat all right well then i'll do the fucking writing why not because it's easier I could do that all day. Like I could literally write a song in, in 15 minutes, an entire song. But why is easier what you want? Because if I'm going to make money off of it, then I'm going to go with the easier part. Like if I'm right now, I enjoy producing because it's different and it's difficult. Like I'm doing this and I'm learning a lot of things on the way. There's there's a lot that I could learn from writing too, but I feel like I know so much already that I can't take away as much from writing as I can from producing. No. So that's why neither I one of those it, two man. things have a bottom, bro. Neither one of those two things can you ever even get halfway in knowledge. They are infinite wells of information. Either one you choose. You will learn forever and ever and ever. And if you do it for 30 years, every single one of those years, you advanced and learned more than you did the previous. There is no freaking way you, you, you max out on either of these things. I'm not saying that I maxed out on writing. I'm just saying that if anybody, you can ask anybody if I'm better at producing or writing and everybody's going to say writing. That's why I enjoy doing the producing part more because I'm learning a lot. Like I'm learning a lot of the beginner stages and stuff. So it's more fun for me now. But if somebody gives you the money up front right now, they're like, regardless of your quality and regardless of how much content you put out, you get a million dollars up front. No question. And you get the contract that says you can only do the one thing. You still pick writing when you could just focus on getting better at production? I would still pick writing. But why? You already got the money up front. It doesn't matter. I would still pick writing. Because to be honest with you, if I'm producing just me, it's fine. I don't care. I would produce all day. It's it's fun. But if I'm producing somebody else, it's it's different. Because everybody likes their sound to be different. And it gets annoying on my end when they have to record over and over again. I tell them that their vocal is fine and they're like, no, nah, I want to do it again. And then I have to keep on going and deleting stuff and adding more stuff. And I don't know. It's just overwhelming. You're not a team player, basically. No, I am not. I mean, I'm willing to help. But when it gets to that point where, like, first of all, you're not paying me shit and you want your shit to sound like Drake's producer produced it. Like, no, fuck that. So I would take the writing. So it's oh, fair enough. It's not about ease. It's about not wanting to work with others. I would work with others. Yeah, I, it's just 
it becomes difficult in the producing aspect. When it comes to writing, I could easily help somebody with that or write something that they would like, depending on their sound. So it'll be easier. That's why I would take the writing, not the producing. Fuck that. Nope. Then what the fuck? Let's write a song together. What? I, I wanna, want. I'll challenge you straight up, bro. Let's prove that point. Let's let's take some time, even through with with distance. Who the fuck cares, bro? I got high tech equipment. I got some of the best writing software ever. I can just sit there and grind it out. That's what I do for a fucking living, bro. Let's go. I got the best writing software too. It's called a notebook and a pencil, baby. Hell yeah, I got mountains of those, <laughs> and we could just sit there and write, bro. I, I will. You toss me your lines. I, I toss you mine. We we construct something. We can do that. Because I'm totally down. Yeah. Just don't bullshit. You know I will stick to that bitch and harass the fuck out of you until you get it done, bro. Don't make promises. I'm annoying as fuck. Yeah, I'll do it. I could write music and I could write music very fast. It ain't about fast. It's about good. You guys are doing you're writing together for each other? No, it would be like writing a song. I guess if there were like uh, uh, four different verses, we would each do two, but we'd try to kind of balance them out with each other. Because one thing I don't like is when like there's a rapper and he's talking about, you know, my life as a kid, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And then this other guy comes on, but all the bitches are the shit. And it's like, bro, what the (laughs) fuck? Just try to stick to the note. What the fuck's going on? I hate that for fucking romance songs and then they have a rap feature and he's just talking about bitches and hoes and it's like how are you in this song bro stop fucking up the vibe uh, that's true that's very true that shit is annoying as fuck and i have gone through that as well in my music where i'm trying to stick to the subject and my feature would be talking about murder shit that doesn't even make any sense <laughs> fucking murder like what the fuck i could make a love song and my feature would be like yeah and i'm gonna kill you bitches and i'm like what the fuck man i feel you that sucks so who's featuring who uh, it's uh, whoever i don't give give a fuck it'll be him both of us are gonna be featured in the song it, okay so it's uh it's uh, <laughs> l4 and jack oh by the way i got i got a name which is genocidal jack because apparently i've killed mad shit what have you killed well it first began with my clone killing your clone or your original. I don't remember how the fuck that went. But later, me and Ishmael went and waged war against the cockroach people from planet Mars. And then we blew their planet up because we nuked them and they just got stronger. So then we blew their planet up. But in doing so, we fucked up the planet's orbit. Which is bad because planet X, we fucked up the whole solar system's orbit. And then planet X is on an impact with Earth. So then we jumped to Universe 2 and stole Mars from there to put it back on Universe 1, which is ours, to save the orbit and prevent Planet X from making impact with us. But the lizard people were from that planet, so we enslaved them. Then, Christina informed me about this afterwards because I didn't think about it. That means I went to Planet, to Universe 2, took their Mars, which means their Planet X is gonna hit earth so we completely killed the entire planet earth 2 and all the humans there simply to save ours so i've completely killed two entire races or species of intelligent life and enslaved a different one on top of treating the subhumans which are essentially superhumans who were aborted and put into test tubes and then turned into superhumans there are slaves too so that's pretty much uh why i got the name genocidal jack that's all happened since the last time you were on the show by the way that is a lot 
Yeah. <laughs> That's how I earned that name. Genocidal Jack. <laughs> Apparently, oh, I dude. kill everything we come across. Oh, by the way, yeah, I also enslaved a couple of cat people. They're being tortured cat right people? now. Yeah, the cat people. The Apparently, cat people are the followers of the original gods of the earth, which are cat gods, and I got the subhumans to capture a bunch of them and torture them to find out where their gods are so that we can go and save ourselves from them attacking us first by killing them because that's how we solve things around here but yeah i'll wrap under that name i'll be genocidal jack and l4 oh damn see your bit we'll see what we come up with bro i will write in character what hell yeah i'm gonna write from the perspective that you know how weird that'll be it'll be like fucking lp that he writes from this weird kind of alien perspective that he's always in fucking spaceships and in the future and shit. It'll essentially be some shit like that. that I'll write cool. from the perspective of Genocidal Jack. And I'll make it work with whatever you're writing about, Germs. And we'll fit our things together. And I got recording equipment for days. So I can also toss... I sound like a bitch, but whatever, dude. We'll see how it goes. Word I'm up. down for it. Hell yeah, dude. We can definitely. We just got to figure out. One of us has to do the first couple of lines and then send that off so that we know what topic we're kind of going for. So whichever one of us wants to go first, I, I, I write all the time. It would take me no time to just figure something out. But my shit will be a lot weirder because I'd be coming from the character of a fucking, like a clone. I'd just be writing my normal stuff. <laughs> I'll fit my shit just to yours. Shit. It'll sound weird as hell, but it'll fit. I'll make sure of that. I'll stay grounded enough to be on topic. If it's a love song you're writing, well, I'm a clone who's writing about love. You know? If we're talking about murder, I got plenty. Yeah, I'm probably just going to talk about murder. Hell yeah, dude. Anything. Whatever you got, Genocidal Jack has experience with. He's been places. <laughs> He's done things. I'm so, down for that. So uh, you got any projects you're working on at the moment? Or you're completely like going to start from scratch? Um... I kind of have a project. It's it's not even close to finished, but I mean, I started yesterday and I have like one bar, but uh, it's coming along pretty nicely. See, I like that that you're that you're taking your time because when you write like a whole song in, in in under a day, unless that was brutally inspired, that's not a good song. Yeah, it's not a good song at all. Yeah, Fuck you just that. gotta work at shit and pick at it and see different ways to do the same things. Musicians take months for a single track then they pump that shit out and it's like whoa that shit's amazing and it's because of the amount of work they put into it like i couldn't even imagine how much fucking work eminem puts into one of his tracks that shit is probably exhausting just to watch then again you got to think about the work that pitbull puts in (laughs) (laughs) that motherfucker has the illest bars in both languages but the yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that guy finishes an entire album overnight, bro. <laughs> the same day. Yeah, dude, straight up. He goes into the booth right now. He comes out in like two hours with a fully produced album. <laughs> Makes millions on top of millions on that project that took him 20 minutes. Makes you I even don't know w- how that guy's still around, to be honest with you. <sighs> uh, party music, bro. Nobody's listening to the bullshit he's saying. <laughs> Oh shit. That's the problem. That's that's the the problem with an artist, right? If you go for the easy shit, you're going to get the money, but you don't have integrity and look how we're talking about him right now. But he's happy. Yeah, but look how he's living compared to how we are. <laughs> yeah. Totally fine. 
he doesn't care about the quality of his work. And if you don't care about the quality of your work, that's fine. But if you're one of these creators who really cares about the product, like Eminem rather be hated and put out something that everybody hates than just do fucking mumble rap and make everybody happy in one shot. You know, he doesn't give a flying fuck. But that's because he cares about the work. He has integrity in the product. That comes first. It just, he's lucky that he has 20 years of a fan base built so he can do that without risking financial ruin. But there are other people struggling their way there lyrically, and they they rather do their work than sell out and do some shit that they're unhappy about. That's where the true thing comes down. Whether you're a creator because you want quick money or whether you're a creator because you have a drive to create. Those are two very different monsters. To me, I am both uh, both of those. Yeah. I want to create and I want quick money. Even though, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not quick money because I've been doing making music for a couple of years now. So it's not quick anymore. It's been years. I started writing when I was 12. So, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call it quick money. But it's only qu- – you haven't been putting out tracks since you were 12 years old. Like it's a no, matter of writing, though. when did you start actually making these moves? And since then, you yourself have claimed to have jumped off the wagon in many different directions because it wasn't quick enough. That lack of focus is what's holding you back. If you stayed in one lane and grind and you think – this is whack, but, you know, there's a local show and they got sign-ins and I can go rap my song and maybe a couple of people hear me and I'll say my name a couple of times and then another fucking open mic over there for whatever and I'll go fucking do that shit. I do it all around town, every night, all night, all week. And I do this endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. A couple of people hear me. Somebody's like, hey, I'll work with you. I got a little crappy, shitty studio. We can do some shit together. Throw some crap together. And then you end up working together. And you got a crappy song, but he had enough resources. And now you got some shit on. He he teaches you how to work SoundCloud mad early when it's starting off. And okay, a couple of listens here, a couple of listens there. Now you got a couple of moves. People in your neighborhood know who you are. You've been, you annoy them all the time because they're in the clubs. But you're also in the clubs. And you get one single song. But those four minutes, they know you, and if they go to a different club a different night and you showed up there too, they heard your name twice. Even if they're not recognizing you yet by the fifth time and the sixth time, they've heard you so many times. Oh, that's L4. Let's start clapping for him. Oh, I heard him at that other place. That's fucking amazing. Before long, you build a tiny little fan base. 50 people here, 60 people there. Before you know it, 100 people. It doesn't sound like much, but those 100 people are annoying their friends because, hey, this local rapper I'm supporting is going to be here. I'm going to bring my friends so they can see how dope he is. Before long, you got, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes. 20 minutes of just songs. Okay, now you got to put that much music together. That's a fucking EP, bro. Now you got to fucking put that shit together, start passing that shit out. The people who already like you, you go sell that at those places where you're playing these tiny little shows. You got, you're going to do some, you started with shitty birthday parties and crappy clubs. Eventually, you know, we need a performer for the, to open for this event. We got no openers, but we know you've been here a couple of times. You signed up for our open mic. Uh, can you come and do this show? We'll pay you a tiny little bit, not much, you know, just for because we were desperate. We called you. We'll give you a little bit of money. So now you got your first paycheck off of something you were doing. But now you got reputation. Holy shit, we called him and he showed up. He, he kind of riled that crowd up and they liked it. Next time we'll call him back. And now you got this fucking thing. They're connected to other businesses. So they're like, oh shit, dude, do you have anybody I can call because... My fucking opener stepped out. Oh, shit. I know this guy who's opened for a couple of our people when that happens. I can give you his information. You could get in contact with him. 
Little by little, that ball just keeps snowballing. It's slow burn, but it got you somewhere by doing one fucking thing. But you got bored of the slow burn and jumped into something else. So if you were to go to a club with that same thing, people who already liked your lyricism, now you're doing this weird jump hop shit. Fucking, oh, I'm mumble now. They're like, what the fuck happened to the, well, whatever. I guess that's for a different audience. Now you lost the people you're already building. You need traction. If you're always hopping around, how are you going to build that traction? The thing is, though, I never started doing mumble music. Never mumbled. And even in Spanish, you can hear my lyrics very clearly. No, for sure, for sure. That was just an example. It's the fact that you no, yeah, change lanes. It's just uh, one other thing is I was making music for – I've been making – well, recording music for seven years. But how much music have you put out in that time? In that time, well, no, I haven't put out a lot of music. I have like maybe a hundred and something songs in my computer that I've never put out because I felt like they were not good enough quality-wise. Nope, that um, is not a good excuse. You put those bitches out if you worked on them. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to just release half-assed projects, never. But um, <laughs> I, five, five of those years, no, no, I'd say five and a half of those years, I was making heavily lyrical music. So shit that I enjoyed making at that time then i was i was like all right nothing is coming of this nothing nobody really gives a fuck so whatever switched over for that year and a half i started to make music in spanish and what do you know fucking ant has my song playing in a club and people are loving it both of the songs in a club and he did that twice some dude had his like some little local radio station. He was playing my song, and Ant showed me that he was playing my song. And then um, I performed one time with Ant, and that's when shit started to like get better. When I switched over to making Spanish music that's for partying and having a good time and shit like that. Okay, that's when perfect. When I was doing the lyrical shit nothing was coming of it even though i would i put out i have way more songs mind you that are lyrical than i only have two party songs that i drop and those two have more views and they've been played in bigger places than any of my other songs okay then my question is how long has it been since you swapped it's been a year and a half how much music have you put out in that time only two songs two songs that's it that output is lagging if you found something that you like something that's working why are you sluggish? If all those things that you're talking about happened recently, then the rest of those other nine months that aren't these recent three months, those other nine months, what the fuck was happening that only two songs came out? You were there. Fucking depression. A Where? bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, just you're right, you're right. not even being myself. I was just like being a bitch about shit all the time. So I would, I don't have anything to blame but me. It was all my fault. I could have been dropping music. I have so many songs that I could have released, but I was just like, I'm going to keep this to myself. I'm never going to release these ever. Fuck that. And just, just started from a new, with a new leaf. You see, I respect that ownership. I respect this 100%. You're totally right. You were in some like depressed phase. And the difference between then and now is that you would have made up an excuse for that. And right now you're just like, I don't have an excuse. That is growth right there. That shit is visible as fuck. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to blame anybody for the shit that happened to me or that I caused. You know, fuck that. I'm I'm grown and I'm going to take full responsibility for the shit that I did. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to you always keep moving forward. 
Exactly. There's there's no reason to ever stop. And yeah, we all fall into weird phases of our lives. Sometimes shit sucks and it feels like we're in this infinite pit of despair and garbage that doesn't fucking end. But it's not possible for it to never end. Otherwise, it would just become normal and then you'd be easily navigating that. So at the end of the day, there's always a way to pick up, you know? Yep. And to be honest with you, everything... Well, not everything. There has been things that happened to me here and there where I'm just like, oh, everything sucks. But there has been a lot more things that I'm grateful for ever since I started, you know, thinking more positive and taking like taking action and actually doing things, not just talking about them, because that's what I was. I was just a talker. I would say I'm doing this and say I'm doing that. And I wasn't doing shit. I was just being a lazy ass motherfucker that was one of those people that's like, oh, real motherfuckers move in silence. But I wasn't doing anything. I was just, you know, being a talker. That shit, I was just, you know, I was a a, a vocal grinder, which is what I'm going to call it. A vocal grinder. A grinder that just talks. He talks about grinding, but he does not do anything. I see that. Fair enough. So but, now you gotta you gotta make the you gotta build the habit you gotta become addicted to the work. Yeah, definitely. Yep, that's exactly what I'm gonna do now that you know. Because to be honest with you, too, a a part of my depression was my room size. It was so small that my microphone. I would literally when me and Elvin would record, the bed was behind behind us, so we have to stand up in between the bed and the microphone, and we couldn't move. We would just have to record like that. Now I have so much room, I could just put my microphone in the closet, record in there, and I have plenty of space. I don't have to worry about any of that. See, that's fire. So, that's fire, yeah. dude. You just got to stick to it. Get addicted. It'll just end up, whatever it is you're writing, get used to writing that and get comfortable and study all the people who are doing what you're doing so you know what they're doing and you can do it better than they're doing it and just develop as a musician and uh, do it well. Just keep sticking to it real hard, dude. And uh, you will get the press again. Life is that way. Shit will suck. The problem is you can't let it get to you. No, you can't. And that's that's exactly the thing is that when it hit me at that time, I didn't know how to deal with it. I was. It was like it wasn't my first time dealing with depression, but it was one of those things that it hit me so hard. I've never felt that before. But now that I know what it's like. It it's not gonna be like I'm just gonna brush it off, but it'll be much easier to deal with it as time goes on. Like if something happens to me now, it's I'm gonna know that it sucks and it's gonna affect me, but I'm just gonna be like, if I can do something about it, I'm gonna do it. If I can't, then complaining is not gonna help either. Might as well continue doing what I'm doing with the rest of the things that are working for me. Word up. That's exactly how you got to approach this shit. Because it's, it's, life has too many ups and downs. If we let everything stop us, we'd never get anywhere, you know? And yeah, you got exactly. you to turn that, everything into something productive. If you're having uh, depressive thoughts, that's music just waiting to be made. If you're having excited thoughts, that's music waiting to be made. If you uh, are angry, that's music waiting to be made. You're feeling in love. You, you went to the club, fucking saw a chick, had a dope comp. That's music waiting to be made. Anything you feel, anything you think, it should become habit like a diary. It should become a fucking diary that you're getting, you know, teenage girls get home, fucking 14 year old. I got my pink little notebook. I open it. Dear diary, today I saw Johnny. He's so cute. You're going to do that, <laughs> but you're going to walk up and open that and dear diary, 
hip hop tripping motherfucker skipping and lip dick chicken and lip, you know, <laughs> same idea. I'm not rapping like that, but yeah, <laughs> fucking, you're on the right track, buddy. Nine early <laughs> '90s rapping hip yeah. hop, a hippie, fucking boom pop. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how you gotta do it, man. It's just gotta be a diary for your life, you know. Yes, it is. That that's what it's gotta be for sure. I can't let I can't continue to let shit, you know. If I can't kick my own ass if everything else is kicking my ass, because what the fuck am I doing? Word Nothing. up. Perfect. If you're letting everything else kick your ass, how are you going to kick your own ass? That's exactly yeah, how exactly. Fuck. That's some. That shit's a nice-ass quote. Hey, whoever takes that one, you just got to write dash L4 next to it. Word <laughs> up. Can't kick your own ass if you let everything else kick your ass. But that's mad real, dude. That's The, the struggle of, a, of an artist is always to push through. Because it's discipline, right? That's the whole thing. It's self-discipline. Whether good times or bad times, you are disciplined to do the thing no matter what. So uh, that's pretty much where I'm at <clears throat> with music. Soon I'm going to start recording again. Not soon because I already started, but you know, tomorrow I'm going to make a song, maybe like two or three, just to catch up. <clears throat> Hopefully shit that I could put out. But we'll see how things go. I wouldn't say put any of it out. I say work on creating the the work first. Just work on writing and writing and build a, a giant collection that you can look through and decide how best to put these things together. Because another big problem is writing forcefully. If you want a project to have a certain feel or a certain message and you only have a limited amount of songs you're gonna have a chaotic fucking album unless you force the things you write to match it which is low quality work because it's not passionate but if you just write anything that happens as real as it is all the time by the end of a month you got 30 different pieces now you work on Whichever pieces you think have the same feel or sound, and you grab those, let's say 12, you grab those fucking 12 that match the most. That's one-third. If there's 30 fucking one day, it's a little over one-third. So then you work on those for the next couple of months. These all have the same feel, they're about roughly the same topics, and they sound different, they're addressing different parts of it. Okay, now you have a full body of work. Rather than, well, I want this album to be about my life and childhood. Guess I gotta sit here and force my childhood if I only have a song specifically for it. That's way harder, and that does kind of suck the interest out of a project. When you have to force yourself to do something rather than apply your disciplined skills to something naturally happening. I think you'd make it harder for yourself. I don't know, though. I, I, I just want to, you know... I definitely need to have more content out because that's one thing that I need to, I need to start, you know, with my career. I feel like I've been making music for so long and I don't have enough work to show for it. That's like, a problem. not at all. Yeah, that's a problem. Seven years of recording music and I have what, like a total, maybe less than 20 songs out? Yeah, yeah, that's a definite problem, dude. And we're talking so like I, no mixtapes. Why don't you do mixtapes? I should. It's just that, you know, when I make a great, great song, I'm one of those people that's like, fuck it. I'm going to put it out right now. Like, this is amazing. Fuck that. You have self. Oh, my God. The problem is you lack discipline. That's really where it lands. Yes. Yes. That's true. Because you, you're violating all the writing rules. There's the rule that you should, you should hold on to that excitement 
and just bottle it and let it keep getting more exciting so that you feel more compelled to work on it harder and harder because of how in love you are with it. Because once you show somebody, now you already got the satisfaction of them hearing it. You're done. You don't care anymore. And that's a problem. If you throw it out too early, then you throw out a whack project rather than working and working and working on that one project, making it better as your excitement builds. On top of the fact that you also let things derail you. So you show things too early and you fall off the wagon too often, which results in not creating enough and not putting a lot of what you put out and then putting things out that you're not happy with. So the entire method dissatisfies you. Yeah. But also keep in mind that this generation of people, they tend to listen to an artist or listen to a song. And like the attention span is so short nowadays that a two minute song is enough for anybody now. Dude, fuck So if they the have people. to wait for an album from a guy that they don't really give a fuck about to begin with, they're just going to go, they're just going to listen to whoever they're going to listen to. They're not going to give a shit. No, that, too many things are wrong with what you're talking about. First, fuck, fuck people. I don't know why you're so concerned with people. What do you want to hear? Make that. I don't want to hear nothing. I just want to make money. Fuck that. I don't give a shit about what they say either as long as they like my music. Or even if they hate it. If they fucking hate it, but they're talking shit about it and disliking it and commenting and viewing it and showing their friends and like oh look at this horrible motherfucker he sucks they're sharing my music but why don't you just do something else for money if money is the goal what you want me to be a male prostitute just i do something else that's quicker money if the goal is quick money there's so many easier routes than trying to make it through thing though is i want to all right i want to do a post malone this is what i want to do he started at with white iverson which Nowadays, if you listen to his music, he's not even singing like that anymore. Now he's doing what he loves because he got his foot in the door with the bullshit. And when he got in, he started doing what he loved. And people just naturally, you know, started to gravitate towards it. But why do you want to walk somebody else's path, bro? Cut your own. I'm not trying to walk his path. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to get my foot in the door with whatever I need to do to get there. And then once I get there, I'm going to do what I love. I understand. I fully understand what you're talking about, but that's essentially what he did. That's pretty much what a bunch of artists have done. He's, he wasn't the one that did it. I'm just giving – he wasn't the only one that did it. I'm just got giving an you, example of, you. You know, of a way that I can do it. I know it probably sounds like, oh, you just want to fucking make music for the money. You don't give a shit about the art. And I do care about the art, but I can't. You know, I can't continue to do something that's not going to give me anything in return. It's like working a job for free. It's like I'm not going to keep on doing that shit. That's why I'm not skating as much as I used to because I started to realize, like, this shit's not going to give me nothing except for bumps and bruises and broken bones. And it's not going to pay me any – it's not going to pay any of my bills or put food on my family's plate. So I'm not going to continue to bust my ass. Why can't you do something for money on the side and then work on the music? You don't need a full-time job. If you're trying to be creative, get a part-time job. Just something to supply the money you need to pay for things. But don't expect, because you got to understand how many people are trying to make it off of their art. You're fighting against the odds heavily like everybody else. I know that. You got to assume you never make it. And live life doing what you love. Because when somebody does like it, then they will push that forward. But you also have to chase what you love. It's not just, 
write a couple of songs, throw them out there, and maybe I'll be internet famous, and that'll pick up. That works for some people, but some people still do demos. Some people do exclusive mixtapes. Some people do it through fucking doing open mic shows. A million different paths, and 99% of all these different paths fail for most people. You have to expect that you're not going to get anywhere with it and do it the way you want and the way you love and make products you're happy with and put that out as frequently as you can, as often as makes you happy, and keep doing it, expecting to never get a return, and that's how it's going to pick up. If it's meant to, it will, but if you're chasing the pickup, it won't because that will come through the product. People are going to feel the energy of desperation you're putting out rather than the passion you should be putting in. Don't get it twisted. I'm not going to release music that is shit just to make money. I'm always going to be that person that's going to listen to the song. If it's good enough, I'll put it out. If it's not, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be one of those people that we talked about mumble rapping earlier. You think that I would release the song like, no, I'm not going to do any of that shit. I'm going to, my lyrics are always going to be there. My melodies are always going to be there. And my flow is always going to be there. That's, I'm not saying that I'm just going to release garbage to be famous, but I'm saying that I'm trying out other things to see if those would work better for me and, you know, get me to where I need to be quicker. Are those avenues that you personally enjoy? Yes. I honestly, at first I hated club music. I never liked it. Whenever somebody would just be talking about how, like making a song that that's for the club or whatever, like I never enjoyed that shit. And then I started to listen to it more and more and I stopped, you know, criticizing it and just being one of those, what they call nowadays, old heads where they would only listen to lyrical shit. That's what I did. I would listen to Hobson, Eminem, Yellow Wolf and Tech Nine. That's it. Don't ever hit me with no club song because I would shit on it. That's who I was. Then one day I'm like, why am I shitting on these younger kids that are making this music? I don't understand why I'm doing this. So I started listening to it and I was like, this actually is not bad. I like this. It's pretty dope. So then when I continue to make music, I started to get more and more tired of having to write an entire song like heavily. I don't, I get tired of having to think of lyrics that are complex to impress. Fuck that. When it came to me, I was like, I just want to have fun now. So I'm going to have fun. Five years of writing and not even including before when I was only writing. I've been writing for a long time. So naturally, I got kind of tired of it. I'm going to give it a break and I'm going to try music for the club. And I started enjoying that. Once I started hearing how good they sounded, shit, I was impressed. And I, it's hard to, for me to impress myself. And I impress myself. So then you definitely enjoy what you're doing now. It is something yeah. that brings you passion. Then you do really yeah, need to I, dive in head first, man. You do really need to let it consume you and do it frequent all the time. Drown in it. And yes. still go in with the assumption that maybe you'd never make it. Go in with yeah. that mentality and just do it because you want to do it. But also do all the other shit because just making the song and putting it online, not good enough. You're competing with enough. armies. Yeah, you need to be able to make the song easily downloadable which means maybe invest on a website find a place you could put it where people could download it and could have it to fucking stream it like an mp3 that they could just download the mp3 immediately find 
places that are looking for musicians to fill in slots and do shows and sure it might suck to go perform in front of people but after you even if you fucking make it event you don't need to fucking how many musicians never do a single tour and they're just giant hits when they put music out you know there's a bunch of those motherfuckers out there but they got their name out there somehow first which means you do build a local community and you do market to all the people who are immediately around you and will hear you more frequently and go to all the places repeatedly and let your name be heard you do need to do more than just the put out songs which you need to increase in volume for what you want to do you have to increase in volume drastically five years two songs that you're proud of that's a problem yeah it is well no three songs three songs sunk in was my first one that i ever released no it's my second that i ever released i'm super proud of that song because that song is amazing that one, I think, is the one that has the most listens. It was actually bumping in California. People were listening to it out there because uh, the third feature in that song, which is Ant's friend, he paid $200 to a DJ, uh, DJ Lazy K, and she had it like she was playing it on her tour. That's fucking awesome. That's that's a this is exactly why you need a part time job, because that influx yeah. of money it might not be the biggest job that pays you the biggest amount of money, but it gives you the money to sort of invest in yourself. And that's so necessary. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so you gotta, but I have to invest myself. I have to invest in myself in many more ways than just in the money aspect. Sure. It, it, it takes you a long way, but also, um, just thinking about putting out more, you know, fucking doing shows, shit like that. Where I need to make connections with people. You got to put yourself out there. I need to fucking advertise my shit on all platforms, on all social media platforms, all that shit. That's what I need to start doing. I have, I've been slacking on that a lot. Yeah, dude, you need to. And it's not even that hard, dude. One fucking, like, account, link all of them to it, make one post on that account, and it shows up everywhere, your time is solved. Yeah, I need to do that, for sure. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a pain at the beginning but after you do it often enough you get used to it and it compresses in time and you do it faster and you do it better but you have to be doing it for that to happen that's very true definitely need to you know get started on all that stuff for sure yeah man yeah it's all about discipline you gotta teach yourself to sit there and do the fucking work whether or not you want to whether or not you're in the mood you just sit there and do the fucking work if you're not in the mood write about why the fuck you're not in the mood Write about what's fucking you up. Write about what's draining your energy. I don't feel like fucking writing. God, I wish I could quit. Okay, write that song. Write the song that's like, fuck, I hate you so much. I wish I could quit right now, but I can't because blah, blah, blah. And now you got to track about that. We got to find and learn to turn everything into an opportunity to make a unique song. When you have enough of them, you could put a fucking string of thoughts and they don't even have to be related just because we're humans. We go on natural roller coasters of emotion. Today you might hate fucking writing. Tomorrow you might love it. Those two can go together. You could put them in an arc of a fucking thing, uh, 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 an album that opens up on you being a kid leading to where you got your addiction for writing. It leads to the moment that you almost broke, but then the thing that sparked your interest in it and then the way you made it and not like structure it. And you could, they could happen years apart and they fit together like they were meant to be in one album. God knows how many of fucking Eminem's tracks were like fucking 20 years ago and they show up in an album today. 
I feel like it's not even fair to talk about Eminem. He's on some crazy shit. I know it's totally he doesn't unfair. Exist. He is not, he <laughs> He's does on not some exist. crazy shit. But he We're has. You're talking discipline. about a man that we've never seen in our lives that can do magical things. Fuck that spaghetti, fucking flying spaghetti monster. Don't curse the flying spaghetti monster, bro. That he's real <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, the flying spaghetti monster is real, but Eminem is not. Eminem is bullshit. Yeah. But that, all jokes aside, Eminem is just fucking disciplined and bodied. He ain't even a genius, bro. Let's go down how this works. Nigga drops out of fucking ninth grade. Reads a dictionary every <laughs> fucking day. Memorizes the fucking dictionary. Writes songs every day, all day. He has no other goals. He goes to battle rap competitions and does that every night, every weekend. He practices rap all day long. He writes all day long. Then makes demos, sells them out of the back of his car with he paid for those. He's not even selling them. He's handing them out for free just so that people can hear him and maybe he he gives it to the right person. Free, free, everybody take it for free. Discipline for days. And he's just grinding. This is his own pocket funding this shit. He just keeps doing this, passing it. Eventually, by some stroke of genius, he comes across a fucking place where he can produce a song. A good, high-quality song, not with his shitty equipment, not by paying out of his pocket for some fucking person's basement, but he comes out with his own fucking album. Great. A whole album, a full project, not a fucking EP, not a mixtape, a real, full-fledged album. It doesn't do well, but that bitch landed in Dr. Dre's hands. Jesus Christ, the luck this motherfucker had. But did he stop when Dr. Dre was like, I'll sign you? Nah. That nigga wrote... Every day to this day, and he hasn't stopped every fucking day. He wrote about his drug use, about his relationships, about his daughter, his mother, his father, his friends, his enemies, his anger, his joy, his jokes. His peepee? His peepee. Many times, bro. He wrote about his peepee many times. <laughs> yeah. That nigga's disciplined as fuck. There's nobody more disciplined. He is the embodiment. I wish I could be that fucking disciplined shit. To be blinded, have no other interest in life but to write music. Yeah, I know. He's fucking... Literally, he's insane. He has to be. He has to be, right? Dude, he's an addict. Yeah, he's addicted to writing music. That's the best addiction ever. Yeah, it made him hundreds of millions of dollars. It's the best addiction. To have any problem, bro, I want that one. Yeah, give me the problem... Give me that addiction that I can never stop writing music. Yeah, dude. Like, against my will. Like, even if I hate it. Because he even <laughs> writes about hating it. Like, I wish I could quit, but I can't because I'm addicted. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. It's like, I fucking hate writing, but... Ah, fuck it. I love writing. <laughs> yep. I want it. Give me that. Whatever shit he has, like, if it's contagious, just just let me touch his arm. I want it. Let me catch it. <laughs> what if what he has in his arm is not that? He just gives me herpes and I never learn how to write better? that's the day i found out he had the most contagious herpes ever and i'm like yeah now i'm gonna write that's what this rash means right then i go to the doctor he's like no you're gonna die in a week that's god telling me something (laughs) (laughs) but nah man life is about discipline it is you should do the the a fucking 365 bro what the fuck is that that's when you fucking write a whole new thing from beginning to end 365 days in a row. You only have to do one a day, but it needs to be finished. 
as as oh, finished as possible sh- in one day. And ain't for me. I I'm gonna tell you two things. One, by the other end of that, you have the discipline to do whatever the fuck you want. I promise you, you have the discipline to do whatever the fuck you want. You are so used to doing it. And there's stages. A couple of people have done this, and there's stages. I've done it, Christina's done it for writing and stuff. There are stages you'll go through. At the beginning, you're excited. First couple of days, it's awesome. You're all, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm fucking number five, six, seven. Eventually, somewhere around the 20s for both of us, you start hitting the hard patch. Actually, about five people total we've gotten to do this. The 20s is where people start falling off the wagon. They're like, this shit's hard as fuck. Because you you start burning out. You start running out of ideas. Because you gotta, in our case, it was make stories and poems and shit of that nature. Just write full-fledged works from beginning to end. That includes the editing. That includes the publication. All steps need to happen. And that's hard as shit. At the beginning, it's easy. But then 20s and 30s, it starts getting really hard. And you start thinking you're not gonna make it. And you think you're gonna quit every fucking day. And you're like... I'm not sure if I can come up with a new idea tomorrow. But eventually, you, you like you did it for 20 days, 30 days already. You at least know, look, I'm not going to do shit else today. I'm going to just sit here, and if it takes me all fucking day, and if it's the most garbage thing in the world, I'm going to have something done. And that gets you through a whole different hurdle. The hurdle of sometimes you have to just give up on the work and put it out there because you can't just keep working on something for all of eternity. Sometimes you make garbage. And that's that's a different hurdle. Once you get through that mentality, you you learn that, look, why don't I just do the garbage at the beginning of the day? Because usually that happens because you didn't think of anything until the very end of the day. And you're like, fuck, but I got to do this all crammed. So if I just cram it at the beginning of the fucking day, then I have all fucking day to work on it. You You just leveled up. You came up with a whole different plan for a problem you just had yesterday what the fuck now you start on garbage but now i got a whole fucking day to work on this shit and based on the previous 30 things i did i can make a whole project in a day what if i had all day just to do the editing part whoa whoa genius sometimes i would finish wait until 12 immediately do a piece of shit for like two hours from like 12 to the two and then i have all of the next day after i wake up to work on it holy shit i cheated the system now you you got a new fucking steam. You start burning through that bitch. You got all the discipline in the world. You're sitting there every day. You get it done every day. But then you start hitting the creativity problem. Oh, fuck. Is everything I'm doing sounding the same? Fuck. Everything I've done sounds the same. I have the same voice. I, I feel like it can't vary. So then you start getting weird and trying to find the different inspirations so you can keep doing things in different directions. Okay. Now you force... This is all... Keep in mind... People don't normally write like this. You write when you're inspired, especially for music, when you have some emotion to put in there. And as a novelist, you usually just sit the fuck down and do the work and then call it a day and come and edit it later. You don't cram a million projects. So you basically, you're speeding up the lessons you'd learn across a lifetime into one year. That's fucking crazy. You can actually, I have all of them saved on the website as a blog. I got all of them back to back to back to back. And you can follow the entire trail of where my mind was at. Sometimes I would write about not knowing what to write about. Just because it would get me to write something. Who the fuck would have thought that was a good plan? But it made fucking sense and I ended up writing something. I just learned how to cheat the system. By the end of it, dude, you just write every day and it's not a problem. I highly recommend that for you. I think that would be very useful for you. It will suck. It sucked many times. 
it gets good and then it gets bad again, then it gets good again, then it gets bad again. It's, it's a fucking mixture of emotions. Everything you'd experience throughout a year. And you're going to come across days that are particularly shitty because a bunch of shit happened. They had nothing to do with writing and it made it really hard to write. And fuck, I still didn't do my thing. But you still fucking do it. And then other days where nothing happens and you made a fucking masterpiece. It's just something you do. It's I, I think it would do you really well. It builds discipline. It really does. It forces you into a state of mind that tells you, I can do this. It's just me stopping me. Shit, I would do that. It would probably work, but uh, knowing me, something will come up and I'll just be like, ah, I'm not going to write today. Then you start from day one again. It's a matter of not letting that ever happen. Of having the discipline to be like, it doesn't matter what happens today. If I have to write about whatever the fuck is happening, as it's happening, I will. That You need that level of discipline. That shit I just said, that's the level of discipline you need. If you say you're writing today and some shit hit the fan, you need the level of discipline to be like, I'm going to write about what just happened. See, but the thing is, is that I don't go off of writing anymore. Sometimes I go like, yeah, I do write sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to write today, so I'm just going to go into the booth and I'm going to just rap. And most of the time, it comes out, I either come up with something that's really amazing that I never knew that I could come up with, or I come up with a great melody. And then I keep the bullshit recorded. And I listen to it over and over again, and I come up with the words as I'm listening to it. And I just, piece by piece, start saying what I think. But you see, that works, dude. You don't even have to write. A 365 is whatever you want it to be. So if you want to just, the idea is that you have to finish whatever goal you set has to be accomplished at the end of every day. So if you, if in your case, it would be make a track, a whole track. You know how hard that is from beginning to end in a single day? But you That's do harder that, than writing. Yeah. Every day. But you do that 20 days in a row. That shit's easy as fuck every day. That's how, that's the mentality. Because it's just, make a secret second account where all your garbage that you don't like goes. But like a SoundCloud or something. Just dump music in there. Dump music. Dump music. Until you have 365 tracks that took you a single day each. And then from that pool of 365 at the end of the year, just pick 12 and throw it into your actual and call it an album. I think that a, a lot more than just 12 would go in that album. I it, 365 days, I think I could come up with some shit. I'll probably have like 50 songs that are Nah, because you got to you got to keep in mind these came out in a day. You're not going to have anything good in that time. You think it's good, but by the end of 365, you're going to look back and be like, "God damn, that's garbage, but I can make it better because of everything I've learned in that time." And then you go in that and work on it. That wouldn't be bad either, though, because I could just fix it. Yeah, exactly. You could work on things with knowledge you didn't have when you began. And not only that, but it can help my engineering, too. Hell yeah, dude, because you're going to end up working on all your parts. You're going to end up making the beat. You're going to mm-hmm. make up working on your vocals. You're going to end up the times you do write, you're going to write. The, who cares? It's your rules, so long as a song is done at the end of every day. That's true. But that's 365 days without excuse. I'll find an excuse for every day, even the first day. That's hardcore. I had a a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, she quit on like day 130 or something. She was making it far as shit and still fucking quit. Nah, fuck that. If I'm already 130 days in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. Hell yeah, dude. After I pass 30 days, I'm on that mentality. It's like, if I quit now, I'm a bitch. Fuck that. <laughs> My only option to quit is in like the first three days. After that, I'm too far in. It's like when you're like... <laughs> 
in 30 days. Dude, you know when you like walk out of your house and you're like, you walk like 10 steps and you realize you forgot something and then you're like, oh, I'm too far. I still go back. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I still go back too. I still go back too. I'll be fucking blocks Fuck away that. and still turn back. I could be at the mall. And I'd be like, fuck, I forgot my wallet. I'm going back home. Then I'd go back to the mall. I mean, bro, if you forgot your wallet and the point was to be at the mall, you kind of fucked up. <laughs> exactly. You got to come back. Fuck that. Sometimes I drive to the mall and I get there and I'm like, shit, I forgot my keys. And then I go back to the mall, get my keys, and then drive my car back to the mall. How'd you get to the... <laughs> How'd you get exactly. to... <laughs> you got to figure that one out. Pushed How did your I car there? start the car to begin with? <laughs> Didn't even you just pushed it all the way because you normally do that and you're like oh now I want to drive it oh fuck I forgot fuck my that. keys no. screwdriver ski mask gloves damn taking that shit old school as fuck <laughs> nah I've never stolen a car in my life I know how to do it but I never did it nigga we were raised knowing how to do that shit I know right <laughs> <laughs> we were raised knowing we how were to do brought that up shit. no like knowing how to do shit that we've never done in our lives bro sitting on the stoop just watching motherfuckers rob cars like. Mm-hmm. We live in this. This is just normal. Lake Street. Word. Fucking GTA. These motherfuckers, yo. That's just Word, crazy. bro. Just living that life. <laughs> People rolling go up. Inside. To... You know what? We spoke too much. I'm not trying to rat nobody out. Yeah, Fuck fair this. enough, bro. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> nope. This is going on the podcast. I can't have that. There's too much sketchy shit we've seen. Fuck. Yeah, fuck that. Fucking... We can talk about it on PSN, but podcast being recorded. We can't have this. Word, word. That shit's right. But another thing we did learn, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, don't be a rat, please. Oh, yeah, don't be a rat. <laughs> no, you know who gets all the points? Me and Christina talk about this all the time. Like, who are Tekashi the... Sixth. What? Nine. That nigga's a super rat. But, uh, okay. no, we talk about who mind. the... I thought you were going to say him. <laughs> no, the people with the, uh, the white people with the best black passes. And it's like Martha Stewart. Hold on, what? The, the white people who have the best black passes. And Martha Stewart is one of them because she lives street rules for days. She went to jail and ratted on no one. Mm-hmm. That lady gets all the street cred, bro. Yo, Martha Stewart gets a pass everywhere. Hell yeah, bro. That lady's OG. Gangsters love that woman. Like, she's best friends with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's some crazy shit. That's crazy. My girl's white, and we were at Dunkin' Donuts one time, and I was like, you don't have to worry about anything. When you're in the car with me, you get a pass. You're fine. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, like, it, depending on who you're with, you get a pass in most places. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. People make too much of a big deal, especially when it comes to the words niggas and shit like that. Like, yeah, fuck that. Nobody. If you're nobody a white boy a from, like, Nork, let's say, feel free to say it, bro. Nobody gives a shit. You're one of us. It's like you yeah. were raised with us. Nobody gives a shit. I've never seen somebody get jumped for being white and saying nigga. That shit just gets dropped by all the white people in Newark. But now if you come from I've fucking... I've seen it. What? I've seen it. People get but jumped over it? I saw some dude. I, one guy. One guy. But the way he used it, I was like, all right, he deserved that ass whooping. I'm sorry. Okay. If it's like, <laughs> oh, what's good, nigga? Like, that makes sense. If he was like, you fucking nigga. Okay. Maybe fuck that guy up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly how he used it. He was mad at a black guy. He was like, fuck you, nigga. And the black guy was like, ah, yep. That's a, yeah. Knockout that's... time. Go to sleep. But that's then his boys jumped in. But And I had to walk away because it got bad. Now, but, um, Christina says that uh, uh, Bill Clinton has a, like, he has a really good black pass. Black people love that man. But 
I would argue, and she doesn't agree, that Robert Downey Jr. has a better black pass than even Eminem. Robert Downey Jr. did blackface. Bro. And said, nigga. And he's just and a white guy. Cared. Nobody <laughs> Nobody said shit, bro. Nobody said fucking shit. Nobody cared. Like, In fact, just, we recently found normal. out like, that what people did get annoyed by was Ben Stiller going full retard. <laughs> We just heard that in an interview that people were harassing him about yeah, that in the Joe Rogan podcast when Robert Downey Jr. was there. Yes, that's where the yeah. fuck we heard it. Yeah. yeah, I saw that shit too. This dude did blackface. Nobody bat an eye. Fucking Ben Stiller goes full retard. How dare you? Yeah, because he was like, he said that uh, they made the movie and he was already kind of skeptical about his role. Yeah, and then they said that. They were complaining about the movie, and then Robert Downey Jr. was like, oh, my God. And then they were like, Ben Stiller's uh, going full retard was the problem. Like, they didn't give a shit that he played blackface. Nope. Tell me that's not a hardcore black pass, dude. Telling you, that shit is... Like... He should have at least got socked once, and nobody even did shit. They didn't say anything. Dude, not... Yeah, dude. Just just somebody <laughs> complain. You don't even have to hit him. Just, just somebody be like, disrespectful. No, nobody. No fucking... They were people okay with it. To be honest with you, at first, when I first ever saw that movie, keep in mind, I was young when that movie came out. I I thought it was a black dude. I thought it was a black dude. I did not know that it was Robert Downey Jr. That's crazy. I swear to God, I'm not making it up. I was like, as soon as I saw that it was Robert Downey Jr., I'm like, what the fuck? It was a white dude this whole time? Weird, weird. That's a crazy-ass plot, too. He got a <laughs> surgery to be black. Yeah, that motherfucker is crazy. For him to take that role and, like... And get away with it is the crazier part. Yeah, that's risky as fuck. That is super risky. And he was already, like, old enough to know that shit. And all the people around him knew it. Nobody even tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Dude, I don't even... I don't fucking understand. Shit's crazy as fuck. But then again, you gotta think about It's Always Sunny in Philly when Mac played Blackface too. Oh my god, I forgot about Nobody that. Nobody gave a fuck about that shit either. Oh, nobody. shit. But here's the thing. If you already know somebody... Okay, fair enough. That's be, that's why nobody gave a fuck when Eminem dropped nigga in a song. Because nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. He's like, uh... How did it go? Something, something, something for saying the word nigga. Ooh, I don't know. I never heard Eminem say nigga in my life. Shit. Sex in the Oval Office. Something, 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 something. Actually, he was on Instagram. Some people were talking about him. They made a post saying, uh... This guy is like one of the most legendary rappers of all time, and he's never said the word nigga ever, not once. No, he totally didn't. It might have been criminal. I don't think it was criminal. My word. Oh, if it dagger, was criminal, then edge, he I'll didn't I'll stab say you nigga. in the head. Whether you're faggots, homosex, faggots, trans, 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 I'm going to look up the lyrics right now. It's genophobic. Turn up my jeans. Watch my genitals bulging. Hey, it's me, Versace. Whoops, I'm shot me. And I was just checking the mail. Get it? Checking the mail. How many records do you expect them to sell after your second LP sends you directly to jail? Come on, relax, guy. I like gay men, right, Ken? Give me an amen. Amen. Please, Lord, this boy needs Jesus. Heal this child. Help him destroy these demons. Oh, and please, I'm your brand new car. I'm pretty sure it's this song. I don't think it is. If it's this song you're talking about, he he never said it. Yeah, man. It totally is. I just need to find these lyrics. Damn, I don't remember this song being this fucking long. No, he never said it. He never said it? Pretty sure he did. Ah! I drink more liquor to fuck you up quicker 
Then you, you want to fuck me up for saying the, the word, word nigga. <laughs> there you go. I knew it. He never said it, though. That's why it's a blank space. Oh, no. They didn't want to write it. This is old as fuck. They blurted that out, but he dropped that word. Oh. That's why it's in there. He's clearly saying that. That's exactly where the fuck it was. I remember. But the thing is that you can't say nothing, though, because 50 Cent gave him the pass. Even before 50 Cent. That nigga, this song is old as fuck, bro. This predates 50 Cent. Does it? Yes. Way fucking long ago. When did this song come out, though? Because 50 Cent has been around for a long time. This is like two No, no, no. You're right. You're right. This song is way older than 50 Cent. Hell yeah. He got the black pass from Dr. Dre, dude. He got the black pass from Trick Trick. Fucking hell uh, yeah. Everybody in Detroit. He's But this is my point. This is one of the most famous songs in all of fucking history. Nobody has ever complained about it. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck, man. It depends on who you are and how people look at you. If they respect you enough or if you say it in a way that, you know. Exactly. If if it's in your vocabulary. okay. This is what I was telling Christina earlier. They never bothered with Eminem. They weren't bothered by it because they understand that he is a man of literature and that he's not saying it to be offensive. He's saying it to get a thought across. And that's why nobody got bothered by it. They understand he is lyrical and he's using the word in a clever way not to offend but to deliver a message. Because the word is just in a sentence where there's another part that's supposed to offend you. The nigga part doesn't matter. It's just a means to an end. To be honest with you, though, I mean, Eminem could say that shit whenever the fuck he wants and nobody would care. Yep, 100%. Because he really earned it. And he's what what I definitely fucking hate that everybody keeps playing the race card with Eminem is because Eminem has always been a giant activist for the black community. And they keep pulling that race card like he's a racist or like he's a dude who's abusing his power when he uses his platform to bring light to problems that are actually happening. He's he's a lot like Roseanne. Roseanne Barr, she has always been a giant activist for the black community, but the black community didn't like that she had a show where she pretended to be a Trump supporter. What the fuck? So they turned didn't on they, her? Uh, <clears throat> didn't, didn't people damn near kill that woman for saying some shit? They, yeah, they totally removed her show. They fired her. She yeah. just Just because yeah. Trump supported like her on a TV show. They not that much respect for her. When she's done so much since like the 70s, bro, for the black community. People are fucking assholes. People don't think. I'm fucking tired of this over-sensitive bullshit that's been happening lately. We're surrounded by a bunch of pussies, bro. I fucking hate that shit. And you know me, dude. I grew up not giving a fuck. I would tell people the craziest shit to their face and like, eat it, dude. Like, if you think I mean something other than what I mean, that's about you and not about me. I think it is true that... It's definitely true that that throughout... To be honest with you, if they were to release, uh, what's that fucking movie? The movie that we were just talking about with Robert Downey Jr. Tropic Thunder? Oh, yeah, they would fucking cancel the shit out of that. They would have, that movie would never be, they cannot release that nowadays, ever. Hell no. That cannot be a thing. No, no, no. You couldn't release Criminal right now. You couldn't release, you could not do that. Criminal, right now, no. They would only focus on that. Any of past songs, they would not, no. All the times that he said fag and all this shit. Yep. Oh, fuck you right. And that song where he's talking about uh, the black girl that he had as a girlfriend and he used her just to fucking get attention. 
Yeah. Like fuck, that, that shit, he would be canceled as fuck. But that was just him being honest. Like he he didn't realize he was being a fucking little racist turdwad. Well, I know that, but nigga, the KKK is being honest the with themselves. They they're saying shit that they feel. Yep. Yep. Doesn't yep, yep. make it okay. Fuck them niggas. They ain't shit. But look, but, dude, I'm also like, if you could be in the KKK so long as you aren't causing harm, because too many people think that KKK equals violence. Nah. There are well, KKK no, members that are being I'm just violent. I'm thinking there's no need to be racist. I agree. I agree. But people are still entitled <laughs> to be dickwads. Like, that's totally fine. Like, let's think about how common racism is. Go and ask a Puerto Rican what's the best race in the world and what are they going to say? Boricua, papi, pa que sepa. <laughs> Word up. That's racism. You believe your race is better. And that's as common as fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That is 100% true. Why is it that we're able to say Latin pride? And Hispanic pride. But you can't but, say white uh, pride. White, you can't do white pride. You can't do that. Nope, like, you can't. What the fuck? That's just a double standard on race, dude. It's it's not fair. It's 100% not fair. You yeah, can have... it is 100% not fair at all. Yeah, that's why I have no problem. Like, you remember uh, when we used to... Not you particularly, but me. You remember a uh, super pale, white, long-haired Mike? Did you hang out with pale, Norman? White, long-haired Mike. Yeah, you hang out with me, Norman... And um, Skells, you remember that combo, or that was like too too long ago for you? You probably wasn't wasn't Skells the dude that Murphy knocked out? No, that was some little Jose that dated Urema. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Skells scared Murphy. That, that's probably past my time. Probably. Well, no, that that was before my time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Mike was an open. I've tried to get him on the show. I've tried to reach him. Uh, he's openly. A white supremacist, but he oh, was but he was my friend the whole time. The problem is TV twists what people think about white supremacy. People think white supremacy, oh, let's kill all the colored people, let's cause violence, let's do this, let's do that. But Mike wasn't that way. He just inherently thought, you know, the white race is the better race. But that sounds no different to me than fucking Puerto Ricans are the best race in the world. But what That's the very f- true? Yeah, but tell me what the that difference is. Very is. True. I can ask a white person what you've accomplished. Hey, man, we conquered the world. We got the biggest buildings. We got the biggest cities. Go ahead and ask that to a Puerto Rican who would have told you the same shit. You got an island that's drowning in crime with the lowest rate of education, the biggest theft rate, the highest murder rate that's being compared to fucking Mexico. Latino pride, we're the best. What the fuck are you talking about? Pero papi, boricua, pa que tú lo sepa. Word. So, <laughs> pride for what? Yeah, that's right. That's, ah, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything because I am surrounded by my own race, which they would murder a motherfucker for <laughs> the same shit about them. Even though I am their own, their kind. Like <laughs> that's that's the message that all summed up right there. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like you could you. All right, so let's say if you're a black dude and you're like, ah, well, black people are sensitive. If you're a black dude and you say that. Most motherfuckers will be like, ah, shut up, nigga. Like, nobody give a fuck. But if you say some shit about a Puerto Rican and you're Puerto Rican, they're going to hit you with a machetazo. Word up. They're going to get mad defensive. What the fuck you talking about, Puerto <laughs> yeah, Rican? crazy. But it's fucking nuts. Like, they're allowed. Fuck, there's allowed to be. You can say black power. Yes, everybody puts a fist up. You say yeah. white power. Everybody pictures a burning cross and a bunch of slaves. Yep. That's true. I ain't, I can't deny that. That's true. And dude, Mike wasn't like this. Mike was just, he was brought up by parents who were supremacists. They thought their race was better. I've been to his house. They don't care. 
They don't give a shit. They just think they're inherently better. How is that any fucking different? They didn't talk down to me or anything. He didn't ever talk down to me. He hung, Dude, we hung out every fucking day. Not only that, I think I'm better than every race. How is that any different? I'm a fucking narcissist. I'm smarter than everybody I've ever met. I'm cooler than everybody I've ever met. Everybody can suck my dick. I don't care. Whoa, 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 motherfucker. You could have said you were cooler than everybody you ever met till you met me. Then that's when that shit stops. <laughs> <laughs> but like... No, but yo, it's true. I'm the same way where I feel like, yeah, I am Puerto Rican at the end of the day. But at that same time, fuck them. Like, I don't give a shit. I there and I'm not saying that I'm racist towards my own race. I love there are certain like people that are Puerto Ricans, like the older Puerto Rican dudes that they're from PR and they do shit a certain way. I respect those motherfuckers. Like they still cut their grass with a machete. Shit like that, I can respect. But see, you could have pride for that for sure. Yeah, but when it comes to motherfuckers that oh I have pride for what? For for just your people are dying and in, in in Puerto Rico right now. Like, they're all dying. Yeah. Killing each other. Yep, yep. Daily. At 8 in the morning at the gas station, nigga can't even eat breakfast because he gets his brains blowed out. Like, what? Dude, not even the fucking viejita that was stopped at the light. They walked up to the car just because they they just pulled up behind her, got out of the car, and then blew her. They, she could not have been gang affiliated. That was just some savage moron with a gun. Yeah, that shit is fucking stupid. That shit is not cool at all. And I don't have respect for that at all. I don't give a fuck what race it is. That's not cool. Nope. But they, hey, fucking Puerto Rico, bruh. But it's like, same thing with, like, Mexicans. Yes, there's cultural things to be proud about. But you can't be proud of your home. That shit is not right. Because you guys are over there. In Tijuana, even if you're a Mexican, nigga, they'll fucking behead you. And, like, it's it's ridiculous what they do to people out there. A hundred percent. You could have pride for your heritage. You can't have pride for your upbringing and where you're coming from if that shit is the reason people are running from it. How yeah. the fuck you running from Mexico talking about some Mexican pride? <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy. That's so crazy as shit. And I don't mean that, like, people are going to hear this and be like, these motherfuckers are racist. Well, look, I'm not racist. I'm better than every race, bro. Well, when it comes to me, I am racist. But my thing is, I'm racist against every race. I wish that there wasn't even race involved in any of this shit. Yeah, because people I wish are we inherently could be garbage. Humans, and that's it. Why do we have to be split into categories like fuck that i mean dude ultimately what the fuck is a race like what defines that's what I'm race saying. it's fucking stupid like it's so dumb there are puerto ricans that are just as white as white people there are puerto ricans that are just as black as black people like why is everybody being separated why can't we just be humans why the fuck like fuck race fuck all races i don't give a shit because ownership, dude, we're all surrounded by this notion that we own something. Meanwhile, a border is a fucking imaginary line somebody came up with. Like Messiah said, borders are the ideas of the privileged. That's it. Yep. That's it. If you are well endowed and in a place where it's like you, you just got given the good hand, you get to choose a border. If you are from a place that isn't good, that isn't financially stable, that doesn't have the best of things, you don't get to pick a border. You, do you watch that show, The Messiah? Nah, not at all. But you watch Netflix, right? Every now and again, yeah. I don't really, I don't really watch TV that like that. Though. When you get a chance, jump into The Messiah. Your life will change. One thing that I just thought about when when I said that was white pride. If if being like if hispanic pride or brown pride is fine then people go and say like yeah 
it, it should be fine for white pride to be around. It should be fine. If black pride is a thing, white pride should be a thing. If brown pride is a thing, white pride should be a thing. I don't think that you should be proud of any of that shit. Because you didn't do anything for it. Yeah. No, none of us have done anything for this shit. Yep. Just lucky. Just, or unlucky. Just fucking random draw of the universe yeah. gave us the thing we, we were have... just born into this shit yep we had no choice no nope. you cannot decide like all right you can't choose to like all right before you're born they're like which race do you want to go into and you're like well i see the white people are doing their thing so i'm gonna go with them like no you're just born into this shit and yep. it sucks for white people that can't control what's going on like they get attacked for shit that they had no control over they were never slave owners or slave masters they've never done any of that shit they don't even know about that yes but the 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 fucking the opposite of racism or i guess it's still racism ultimately against white people picks up at that moment where everybody holds against white people the acts of their ancestors as if they're the ones who did it which is ultimately having a prejudice towards white people and generalizing them which is racist yep (laughs) yeah it's fucking stupid (laughs) it's retarded we call them racist by being racist to them yeah yeah you could be racist to them all you want but if the moment that they say something back you're like that's racist like what gotta fuck them up gotta cancel them yeah you gotta fucking jump them shoot them like what it's fucking ridiculous it's fucking crazy and i mean that as a puerto rican where i've heard shit when it comes to puerto ricans that are like Oh, these white people and all this other bullshit. And I'm like, yo, first of all, you're just fucking angry. How about you deal with that first before you get into any of this other shit? You don't want to have a civilized conversation. You just want to be mad and blame somebody for some shit that they didn't even have nothing to do with. 100%, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, I don't even know how to put it because we just stuck in this weird stagnant bullshit where we, we can't control our emotions at all. We are all just really fucking angry about shit we have no control over, and everybody's just screaming at one another. We're all just screaming and angry and screaming and angry, and we think our voice is going to be heard if we just scream fucking louder, and we'll make change (laughs) if I just scream louder than that other guy. It's like, nothing is happening. Maybe just go do your own shit and fuck whatever's happening. Yeah, so the thing is, I've realized this arguing with people in the past and all this shit, is that they're never going to change their mind. It's never going to happen. No matter how logical you are, no matter how how well you explain your side, they're never – they're always going to have their own – You know, they're always going to believe what they want to believe. Yep. A hundred percent. Nobody comes in trying to learn. Everybody comes in trying to be right. Yep. Everybody's a teacher when it comes to arguing. Yes. Nobody gives a fuck what anybody else – they're not even listening when you're talking. They're just waiting their turn to talk. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They're just plotting what they're going to say back in their head while you're speaking which is fucking so dumb nobody could have a civilized conversation without it being that way where it's just i'm just gonna wait till this motherfuckers on watch i'm gonna fucking kill them with this shit word and they're gonna be thinking the same shit when you say something to them that's why i learned when you're interacting with somebody because i try to have a discussion that goes back and forth with anybody but when that point in a conversation becomes apparent that they're just waiting their turn I start asking questions rather than tell. I don't. I stop telling my angle. Just tell me about yours, and I ask questions. Inform me, because at least I'll know what I know and what you know. But you only know what you know. Yeah, questions are a good to get them off. Just 
Nah, I don't even want to get them off the topic. I want them to really inform me. <laughs> if I understand your side and I understand my side, I'm twice as good as you are at whatever we're talking about. My whole thing, though, I don't like to argue with people because I already know how they function. Fuck that. Wasted my time. Yeah, man, just get informed. I don't argue with fucking anybody. Fuck that shit. There's no point to it. Everybody just wants to leave feeling like the victor. Offer them that. So long as you leave with information, they left equally dumb. Who cares? Just get them to teach you something. Whether or not it's accurate or not, at least you know why they think it is. My whole thing is that if I'm arguing with somebody and it's a male and they start screaming, my decision is either I'm going to leave this argument or or either you're going to lower your voice and I'm walking away from you or you're going to keep raising your voice and you're going to go to sleep immediately. (laughs) Why must violence get there? Because I am a violent motherfucker and I will break somebody's nose if they ever get loud, too loud with me. If I want you to calm down and you're not doing it, I'm going to get you to shut up one way or another. But it's just that, you know, I have a short temper when it comes to people yelling and, you know, when it comes to they're already annoying me. Yeah. They're they're not saying what I want to hear. That that already makes me angry. When it comes to certain people with it depends on what we're arguing about. But if we're arguing about something that I am really sensitive on and they just keep arguing with me and they keep on yelling, I'm going to tell them, "Yo, either walk away from me or we can settle this two ways. Walk away from me or I'm going to have to carry you out of here." That's, but you know damn well that that's how that's how we function in this family. That's all right though. That's hardcore, bro. <laughs> but word, I've seen crazier shit happen, so I'm not even surprised about that. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, we've, we can't even talk about that. Forget nope. about it. Nope. Anyway, yeah, there's a bunch of shit that happened, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Regular shit, but yeah. we cannot discuss childhood <laughs> life. That's all it is. Weird upbringing that we have. That's all it yeah, really is. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. You grow up in the hood, you yep. see crazy shit. The end. Throw a random motherfucker in the life that we had, and that, that they will would run away. Break crying. most people. They that would cry. Hell yeah, dude. That would destroy most people. Like, if they weren't raised in it, if you just like, hey, you're you're 30 years old right now. I'm a, with your current knowledge and maturity, toss you into the life of this 14-year-old. And just <laughs> just live it. It's it's fine, right? You can handle being 14, but it happens to be our lives. Nah, they break. Nah, yeah, they break. Eventually, everybody does. Yeah, because that shit's crazy. Either they dude. move away from it, which, to be honest with you, I broke. That's why I left. I mean, that environment is toxic as fuck, dude. At 17 years old, I'm like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm out. Fuck this. And I moved to a place that in PA, people are like, this is the hood. This is like the craziest part. Like, this is insane. I mean, aside from Philly, I think Philly is way more dangerous than Allentown is. But to be honest with you, it's peace and and quiet, pretty much. But they think Compared to New York, (laughs) they think hood. Shit is nothing. It's like when people from the Bronx pop up in Newark and they're like, I'm real gangster. And it's like, bro, go say that like one block down. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've ran into a couple of those people. Like, you don't live in the hood. We live in the hood. We're from Harlem. Like, okay. It's keep like... on going down Summer Ave. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> bro, damn. You right, dude. Because just, we're just talking summer. We're not even mentioning South Street or Avon or fucking... Oh, my God. You don't want to even... You don't even want to drive past Avon. You don't want to stop at a red light Dude, at Avon. Dude, I tell everybody that story about fucking stopping at a red light in Avon. You see anything, just eat that bitch. <laughs> you yeah. see anything, eat that bitch you and keep it moving. You do not want to stop at a red light at Avon. Even if the cops are behind you, just know that you're safe as fuck at that moment. Yep. Yep, 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 fuck yep. 
Dude, you drive. No, it doesn't fucking matter if cops are behind you. Dude, you drive. Let them turn their lights on. Just drive slowly so they know you're not running. But you you get the fuck away from that area before you pull over. Cause yeah. Guys don't and give a fuck. As soon as the cop pulls up to your window, tell him, I just saved both of our lives. Yeah, dude. Somebody <laughs> will just pop out and pop that cop for no fucking reason. Dude, fuck that place. Cops don't patrol that shit. That's how fucked up that place is. I can't believe that we lived there for, like, my entire, like, my upbringing. That's fucking That's nuts. crazy. Dude, when they put that Both park projects. there, I remember that a couple of the guys went down there early in the morning, broad daylight. Went there. They came back about an hour and a half later without their boards and without shoes. You remember that? <laughs> now you're walking back to your house with no socks and no board. Word, bro. That was just ridiculous. Well, no shoes on me. That's how <laughs> fast it happened. It's fucking ridiculous, man. That shit's crazy. People think it's hood. They can't survive fucking summer. Nevertheless, survive like Broadway. Nevertheless, survive downtown. And we still haven't gotten to fucking Avon, Springfield. Fucking get the fuck out of here. Fucking uh, Norfolk. Fucking Norfolk is ridiculous, dude. Right that patch right between science and the trolley. Yeah, yo, that is ridiculous. That yo, just getting to science, just getting there, and it's like what a two minute, maybe one minute walk. Yeah, from the trolley. Oh, dude, you just swallowing. You're bricks. liable to get murdered immediately. Like, yep, <laughs> dude, I had to do that fucking trip every fucking day when I was it's in a, science. Like a two minute walk, and it's just like yeah, you're praying the entire time. Even if you're an atheist, you're like God, please don't please <laughs> yeah dude and you just shit breaks all the time because you never know it's fucking uh, who who's just gonna spaz out for no fucking reason at any given moment yep fuck that Crazy. nigga once i moved to pa and i had and i was able to buy a knife or whatever then i would go down there and be like all right i'm not as safe as i would be if i had a gun but if somebody gets close enough i'm gonna slit their throat uh, fuck that shit if i'm dying at least we're both going yeah fuck that i'm not gonna die without a fight but I don't even bother going to places like Avon anymore. Like, there's no fucking point, nah, dude. That's nah, basically, no like, I don't mean to be racist. It's not a black thing, but those motherfuckers are animals. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. That shit is not normal levels of violence. You stop anywhere. It's like they hurt. Is there a car in our area? Let's go eat it. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's fucking ridiculous, dude. I do not feel safe in those areas, and I've been around this bitch always. I don't even feel comfortable with the fucking... There's a, a Home Depot in that area, and that shit's just hood as fuck. We went, I went to that Home Depot like a month ago. There were two motherfuckers just standing outside of that bitch, just staring me down like they were going to rob me coming out. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's just Home Depot. What the fuck are you going to do? Steal my plank of wood? <laughs> They're going to steal your plank of wood and beat you in the head with it. We're just because just fuck it. I got something off of you. Like, Jesus yep. Christ. Yep, that's that fucked shit though. Anyways, I, I my... like we should have PTSD from from the shit that we've went through. Hell yeah, no fucking questions about it, dude. We should definitely, but th- fair enough. I think we do. I think we do to some degree. Maybe we're not affected by the environment and we could survive any environment, but I do think that living in such a toxic, always dark and down environment, we did grow up kind of like negative and like we're prone to depression and shit because that was just our environment. Yeah. I think that was It's just... definitely easier for me to cry nowadays. <laughs> As we get older, shit. I, I I grew up painting all that shit in, just treating everybody like shit. Me too. That's why it's so much easier for me nowadays to let it all out because I'm like, ah, nobody's around. Fuck it. Might as well cry. Nah, I still can't cry, but I uh, I definitely do work on my emotions. 
if that makes sense. Like, I try to understand people more before I would just, like, I don't care about your emotions. This is why you're wrong, and you can't prove me wrong, because I'm going to use facts. But as I got older, I learned that to some people, emotions are facts, you know? And regardless of what the outside world shows, like, they feel a certain way, and whatever the outside world shows doesn't stop them from feeling the way they do. Yeah. And, like, that took me a long time to understand. I was very unaware of that kind of thing. I was very... uh, unperceptive to people's emotions so i've done a lot of work on that to kind of be more perceptive and receive people's emotions and kind of try to be more compassionate and shit because i'm a fucking asshole inherently and there's nothing i could do about that so i'm just fucking trying to balance that bitch out you know i mean i'm an asshole too but when it comes to me i i've learned you know there are certain there are people that deserve to be treated the way they're treated and there are people that do not at all and I don't know. I just split it down the middle. So if you're an asshole to me, fuck you. And and if you're not an asshole to me and you actually show that you care, then I will as well. But here's the thing. I've also learned that some people treat you like an asshole because they're hurt. And it's like you have to understand that and then learn that like maybe they're stuck in their like that's the hardest thing with our parents, bro. Like maybe our parents were rough in some ways we didn't understand. But as we get older, we learn they they think that's right. They think they're doing it the right way. Even if we can clearly see they're not, we can't hold that against them. But nigga, that's the way that they grew up. They Their parents whooped their ass, so they thought it was okay to whoop our ass, which was. And now you can't do any of that shit, which sucks. Because if I had a kid, I'd love him. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad is a bear. This nigga would whoop our ass with a fucking wire. Yeah, that's some ghetto-ass shit, bro. Horribly. like That shit and the uh, barita from fucking, what do you call it, when when you got the shades that you turn it to open and close the shades? Oh, yeah. yeah. That they would take yeah. the little stick you do with that shit and just fucking... Whoo, bah! Or a fucking mom, Hispanic moms with their superpower, the fucking chancleta magic. I'm gonna be honest with you, I never got hit with a chancleta when I was a kid. You got lucky, bro, because there's no running away. You could run around a corner and that bitch will still catch you. Oh, no, my mom used to dead ass slap me in the face as hard as she could. That's hardcore. Nah, my mom would like fucking... She's like, fuck the chancleta. Here you go. Nah, dude, there would be like a right angle somewhere up ahead and you're running down the hallway. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. Boom, you turn the corner (laughs) and that shit still hit you in the back of the head and you don't even know how the fuck. It's like, I turned the corner. How'd it still hit me? And you know, somehow she got it to turn midair. I never got the chancleta treatment. Nah, it's definitely the weaker angle to come from but i got all that shit fucking little baritas and shit belts and crap oh yeah belts but it wasn't the leather part definitely not the leather part i used to catch the metal oh the buckle yeah (laughs) the buckle the buckle would be hitting me not the goddamn leather fuck that or that old school neil on rice holding books up i never got that treatment either I, i used to get the uh the the metal coat hanger whippings Oh, shit. Those are bad. They left a good mark on your back. Yeah, but then we're us now, and it's like, somebody, go ahead and try to trigger me on the street, bro. No, this happened to me once. We were fucking just driving fucking down Bloomfield, and some Indian dude started freaking out because I wasn't moving fast enough for him. And I think he thought he was tough. And it's like, we're in Bloomfield, so he probably thinks I'm a washover or some shit. And he just got out of his car, and he's like, all right, fight me. From my car, I'm like, all right. I had a knife in the car, so I pulled it out. I'm like, I'll stab you. Let's go. <laughs> dude hopped in his car and disappeared, bro. Like magic. I'm like, I'll take y'all right here, dude. I don't care. Like, I got nothing to live for. Let's go. Dude disappeared immediately. Like, dude, you're going to face me. You better be ready to face that. Like, you taking it up to 10. I'm bringing that bitch up to 59. And that's 
it's crazy because you understand that. And most people that I'm around don't. And I hate that they don't. Because if somebody is to say something small to me, I boost that shit up to a 10. Like, what's up, motherfucker? Let's go. Word up. If you're going to get tough, like, I don't have to be angry, dude. I don't have to be angry. But I'm also going to face your shit and raise it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The vibe that you're putting out, you better be ready to catch exactly that times 10. 100%. that's what I'm going to bring. Word up, word up. It's this is not about principles. This is about one of us is not leaving. Yeah. One of us is definitely not gonna leave. And if you do leave, you're gonna have to wake up out of that deep sleep first. <laughs> a couple of weeks Fuck. later. Either that or somebody gonna carry you out of this bitch in a stretcher. Or me. That's word how up. Far I'll take exactly. You. It's like <laughs> this is a perfect other example. I was working landscaping for this one. And we were, me and my team were driving home and we were driving and this was my uncle's company and I would come and work here occasionally for some extra money. And I was, it was 280 when we were driving back and this guy cut us off and then flipped us off and he thought that was cool. But I'm fucking me and I'm behind the wheel so it sucks to be you right now. So I cut him back off and flipped him off so he cut me off again. And he slowed down in front of me. I'm like, okay, you want to play this one? You did the wrong trick right now, bro. I know that trick times a million. So I cut him and then stopped on the highway in front of him. That nigga freaked the fuck out. Hopped all the way to the right. And then we were, swer- I kept, I stood in front of him and we were swerving in and out of like cars or whatever. And then he tried, he thought he was going to scare me by starting to drive really close to my car. Bro, I am going to die here just to prove a point. That's how serious I am versus you. While he's driving towards me thinking I'm going to drive away, I start driving towards him. Heart stopped. He started immediately driving back the direction he was coming from. And I kept pushing him and kept pushing him until he took the first exit we came across. And it's like, bro, if you're going to do this, you better be ready to die because I'm ready to die. For no reason. That's exactly what it is, man. And I remember, like, that shit like that really does happen with us. With us, it's weird. Like, Kevin Gates is one of my favorite artists, and he always says it best. I'm ready to die any situation that I go into. And I know that for most people, it's not that serious. And I know for most people, a two shouldn't be escalated. But for me, you could give me a one, and I'm going to give you back 55. 100%. Word. Always, because that's how I was raised. Nope. Certain situations, people would look at it and be like, you didn't need to get all crazy in that situation. Like, you really didn't have to do that much. No, I and just I'm want like, to. You don't know me like that, though. <laughs> I just want to, bro. You don't know me, son. You I, don't know me. <laughs> I didn't need to do shit. I just felt like it, bro. <laughs> no, but it's dead serious like that. Like, I remember one time I was in Walmart, and there was somebody that I was with, and somebody said oh what you got in your pocket and i thought that they were talking about the person that i was with so i was like what are you trying to do what are you what are you even saying right now it was a white dude he was trying to pull a prank and he was like what do you got in your pocket and i thought that they were talking about the person that i was with and i was like you're not about to do that shit don't ever talk about who i'm with and he was like no i was talking about you and i was like oh you're talking about me okay so now we're really gonna go crazy this motherfucker was like dude calm down like 
you don't need to get that serious right now. Like, it was just a joke. And I'm like, don't fucking joke around with me right now. I'll slap the fuck out of you. And he was like, I don't understand why you need to be so vulgar. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, you are, you don't understand. There are certain people that you can mess around with like that, but there are people that you should never do that to. Bruh, and I, just looking at me in the face, you should know. I agree, but our approaches are very different. I get very condescending and aim to break them with my mind all the time. Somebody I confronts me like that. Fist. Nah, Fuck dude. That. I start just getting real annoying. What's in your pocket? Hmm. What's in your pocket? No, man. I'm just, yeah, you know. And y'all both just going to laugh, though, at the end of that. Y'all just going to be like... That's just gonna look at each other and laugh. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna get in their mind. That's how I do it. Like, <laughs> you gotta really push. And if they get angry, okay, why are you angry, dude? I thought we were talking about what was in our pockets. We ruined the joke. I didn't get the joke. Explain it. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep going and keep going until they get frustrated and leave or they start getting aggravated. And when they start getting rough, now I have a reason to get rougher. Then we definitely do have different approaches because when it comes to me, if I see somebody do something that I don't really appreciate or I don't like, I'm gonna, I'm always gonna jump in front of that. I'm always gonna be there to do something about it. And if you're gonna do some shit or say something or try something with people that I'm with or a person that I'm with or who, Whoever I'm with, just know that I'm going to be, you're going to have to take me the fuck out. Because if not, you're going down. Word up. That's that real hood shit. And if you're not ready for that shit, just keep on going. I'm not worried about it. I could be very apologetic. Like, I could be very nice to somebody. And I and after situations, I've even apologized to people because I felt like I was in the wrong. Because I, I understand when I'm wrong and I can acknowledge it. But... In that moment, the way that you react to what I say, it could very well lead to something very dangerous. And that shit, that's something that I feel like people are not ready for. And I'm always ready for that. No, I'm never the first to go in that direction. I definitely, I'm hyper-confrontational. I'll turn anything into something. But it doesn't necessarily need to be violence. I am too curious for that. Somebody starts, like, bro, some ghetto dude cut us off i cut him back off then he pulls up next to us and lowers the window he's like yo what the fuck is your problem why'd you cut me off i'm like you cut me off first he's like that ain't even the point i'm like okay then what's the point <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> like what the fuck is the point then he's like are you gay or something i'm like it's fascinating that that's what you're focused on and then he drove away it's like I beat you without starting anything because you're clearly a moron. And all I had to do was ask questions. That was just enough. My fascination with how stupid the moment was was enough to make him realize how stupid the moment was. And he was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And then he just left. I love that. Wait, nigga, hold up, nigga. I got a question. You ever been to jail? Yeah. Oh, shit. It's crazy, though, because you have the more like relaxed approach where you're just, you know, you will ask them questions about shit. I have the more violent approach where I'm like, what the fuck are you, what do you want to do? Let's do whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. We could fight. We could, whatever you want to do, I'm down for it. I've never even been arrested in my life. Oh no, the difference is, have... <laughs> no dude, the difference is in degree with us. You take it to 11 instantaneously, which means yes. whatever small thing it was is going to get resolved in that moment. If we end up in a confrontation. I push with curiosity. But if you're a person who gets aggravated at that and you get aggressive, I'm pushing forward. 
So if somebody who decides to hit me, why would I hit you back? I'm here to win. I'm going to stab you. If you have a knife, and I know you also have a gun, but you pulled a knife, I'm going to just try my best to dodge that knife and grab your gun and shoot you. Like, I'm that guy. I'm going to take it a couple of notches over, which is how I end up in prison. Because I'm, I'm about proving the point. Like, I'm not here to send you a message. I'm here to win. And I'm going to win. And that's going to happen no matter what I got to do to get there. Regardless of what measure, because I always come from an intuitive intellectual angle, I made sure I was right to start with, which means no matter what step I escalate to, I'm in the right. I make sure that 100% of the time. You got violent? It was self-defense. That's why I stabbed him. He tried to kill me. The thing with that, though, is that I like to escalate it quick, because even if I do die, they're going to die eventually. You know that. Nah, but there's no point. I like to make sure that they know they were wrong, and then they lost anyways. Yeah, I know. But knowing me, as you know me, I come from a family that is way different than you. <laughs> yes. I've <laughs> seen the escalation. What you looking at? Yo, son, who the fuck click click you talking to? It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, somebody gotta go. That's some shit right there, bro. It depends, though. If the situation is not that heavy, I'm the type of person that I'm like, all right, I was wrong. Fuck it. Let it go. But if it's that heavy where somebody try to do some shit to somebody I love, boy, you better pray to your God and your family because... That's crazy as fuck. You've never been arrested, though. That's some crazy ass shit. I've never been arrested. Hey, I guess I've just been smart enough not to. I guess. I've been arrested a couple of times. That's oof. You know how many times we could have been arrested when I was young with y'all motherfuckers alone? Nigga, you almost got arrested with us when we went over there to fight a whole gang and there were like three of us. Yep. That was the mo- that was the moment that it was gonna happen. But you happened to be there with fucking me ready to die. Nune, who nobody's gonna fuck with, Mike, who destroyed that guy, and some fucking random Mexican driver who ditched us. And Elvin. And Elvin! Oh, God, yeah, dude, you were safe as fuck. You can't forget about Elvin, nigga, come on. (laughs) Meanwhile, fucking Reaper and Murphy were like, nah, we gotta go. Yeah, you're right. The buffest niggas, the niggas with the six-packs and the big-ass fucking muscles are like, nah. And then I'm over there, like, 12 years old, like, all right, fuck it, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I ride for the homies. Bro, there were, like, like, 30 of these motherfuckers and one guy eating bullets. You remember that shit? That guy just chewing on fucking rounds. I remember that dude. He was chewing on like a 38 round. Yeah, dude. I will never forget. He, I don't know. He probably thought he was in an anime or something, bro. He thought that shit was so cool. (laughs) And he's over here eating bullets. Who are you and what movie that you fucking hop out of, you corny idiot? That dude was stupid. Why are you going to chew on a bullet instead of putting it in the gun and shooting us? Yup. Yup. <laughs> He's like, I'm cool as shit. Bro, we got a Nune, bro. We don't even need to be here. We'll just unleash a Nune on you and go home. Yep. Just have him run straight through everybody. Doon, 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 doon. Knock them all the fuck down. Call Moses over here to fucking knock out their horse. That nigga's ridiculous. Like, that family is ridiculous. Bro, they will fuck their up anything. Their size and their strength. I'm like, yo, how? How you bench their genetics are retarded. 380 <laughs> in high school? That's crazy. How the fuck you bench 380 in high school, dude? That's ridiculous. Word, that's just ridiculous. Anyways, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. We are over two hours. You got any plugs anywhere people can find you? They can find all your goodies and information. Anything related to you? Anything you've got to promote? Your music videos, your current projects, any shows, anything, anything, anything. 
I am not gonna promote my music video because that shit is garbage. But anyway, um, two songs in Spanish. If you like Spanish music, I don't know. But even if you don't know Spanish, I know a lot of people that don't know Spanish that love my songs. Both of them are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever the fuck you could think of. It's, it's on those platforms. Just look up L4. Simple as fuck. You don't even got to look up a super complicated name with underscores. Just L4. The letter L, the number four, and I'll pop up. Simple. Everywhere. Social medias or anything? Instagram. I forgot what my Instagram is, to be honest with you. <laughs> Bruh, you got to have this shit ready. Oh, shit. We got oh. it right here. It's the IG at Jermaine underscore main. Yeah, yeah. Jermaine underscore main. And that's J-E-R-M-A-N-E, not A-E-I-N-E, because I spelled it weird. And then underscore M-A-N-E. All right. And all uh, right. that's pretty much it. I don't have a Twitter. Fuck that. You got to make all that shit and link all that shit to one another. That way from one, you control all of them. Yeah, I'm going to have to do all of that. But uh, stay tuned because a lot of motherfucking music is going to come. And Actually, do it, nigga. That way next time you come on here, you got no, hella yeah. shit to promote. I'm going to hold for you sure, to that shit. Sure. I'm going to be mad annoying over the next couple of weeks, making sure you stick to your fucking shit, bro. I'm going to just be no, super yeah. annoying. Yo, for sure. And I'm going to actually try to uh, book shows out here and try to perform somewhere, like probably like Main Gate or something, try to call and see what, what what's up with that, see if I can perform out there. Yeah, dude, but worst thing you could get you is ever, a no, right? Yo, hit me Worst thing you could huh? get is worst thing you could get is a no, and then what do you do? Just fucking call the next place. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, fuck it. Who gives a fuck? I'm I'm out here to do whatever I gotta do. That's exactly what it is, bro. Anyways, yeah, appreciate dude. you for being on the show, home skillet. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me, my nigga. Hell yeah, bro. Trying to aim to get you here every fucking season. At least once, bro. Hell yeah. Just let me know and I'm down to go. Last time we had a couple complications, but this time everything worked out. Hell yeah, dude. We're going to try to... It's, thus far, you're our most frequent guest, which is great, bro. Love having you on. Shooting the shit, Hell reminiscing yeah. about the past, talking some art shit. It's always fun. Word up. But all right, my brother, you have a good night and uh, catch you on the flip side. Word up. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. Ma What's that from? I have no fucking clue. From a thing? From a thing. 100%. You guys better write that song. We're going to write that song. What was your name? Genocidal Jack. Genocidal Jack. That's pretty cool. Genocidal Jack. Makes total sense. I could write about crazy shit because I'm genocidal, bro. How are you going to get romantic with that? Genocidal Jack can fall in love with a female cockroach that survived the explosion. She wasn't on the planet. At the time of the explosion, she was on a ship exploring. And then when she got to where the planet was or is now, she realizes my people are gone and there's something different about this Mars and there's lizard people all over it. Meanwhile, Jack is walking around the surface of the planet and he sees her and he's like, I understand what I did was wrong because we had a conversation already about it. You yeah. taught me the era of my ways. And then I meet this giant cockroach freak of nature that should be murdered. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're the most beautiful, disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then I write a song about how much I love that freak of nature. That is awesome. 
So awesome. I can't wait to hear that. That's how it happens, man. What? So it, any subject matter works. You want to talk about murder? I I got war stories for days. I got to go back in time and kill me. That's hardcore, dude. Mm. That's the best war story ever. Why are you going back to in time to kill you? To stop me from doing bad things. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Whoa. Which begins by me killing a person. Was it you that you ended up killing originally? Is that how I ended up oh, killing Jermaine? Because you thought you were killing Because why you. were there two clones, right? So then right? you're going back in time to, to replace me. Kill you, but it, then you're going to end up killing Jermaine because you were trying to kill you from killing you know what? what we just created a weird paradox because i didn't actually end up killing me no which essentially means i'm the one who went back in time in the first place already is it i don't know because i didn't kill me and i made it to the future now where i go back to kill me but i kill him and then replace me because the other me goes to hide which means i'm trapped in a loop in which it was always me I exist trapped in this loop. But who are you killing? You are killing Jermaine? Jermaine. Killing... The real Jermaine. Because you were trying to kill yourself. But I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. And I killed him. And then the real me saw that happen and ran away, which is how I ended up in the job position. But then I get here now to go back in time and kill me. Oh my god! But then I kill him. And then the other me runs away. And then I just... So I've never not been in this loop. But what is the point of trying to kill yourself in the past? Why not just kill yourself in the present? Because it doesn't stop me in the past. From killing? From killing the things that are going to be killed. Oh, okay. Which is weird, because theoretically speaking, if I were to kill myself right now, I wouldn't go back in time and replace me. But that means that the me who's there is going to do it. It's going to do what? Kill everything in the same order. Yeah. But if I go back in time and kill him, which would fail, and I just end up killing Jermaine, mm -hmm. which is inevitable because that's how it's going to happen, I would then take his place and still do all the same shit. Yeah. There's no difference. There's no difference. I, there's, yeah. It's an unfixable problem. I guess I might as well stay here and just kill shit as I move forward. Yeah. What a crazy time. <laughs> time loop. Yep. I guess that's how that works. Mm -hmm. So be here with your beef. Happy with your cockroach girlfriend. With my cockroach girlfriend. Ugh. Her and I can go and blow other shit up. Because mm -hmm. she needs to understand. I'm Genocidal Jack. That's crazy. And that I don't take new shit. challenge you gave him was kind of crazy. The million dollar challenge of what would you give up? Or I guess is what would you do for your life? For More five like? years. For Not five even your years. life. Just Aww. five years of you do this one thing. What would you do? If it was like. I don't know, skateboarding or video games. You could do skateboarding. one. Skateboarding. Okay, skateboarding or drawing. Skateboarding. Skateboarding or reading. Skateboarding. Skateboarding or writing. Writing. Ooh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's oh. writing than skateboarding for me. That's interesting. Because I was thinking about it too. I was thinking like, would I give up video games for something? Yeah, I would choose reading. And then I was thinking reading or writing. And I think I'd give up writing to read you think you'd give up writing you'd give up creating to consume yes i love consuming i don't know because no i don't know it's so tough i love both i love both writing and reading and drawing but i would choose reading over drawing and writing over drawing 
but writing and reading is so it's the same thing it's unfair to give up one for the other it's kind of the same thing when you're writing you're reading no 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 you can't obviously this is explicitly somebody else's work versus your work Duh, i don't know because there's man stories are so good and they take you somewhere else but then it helps you with your writing it's like if you're not reading your writing is whatever I mean, it's so good, but... Here's the trick. The writing you did develop without reading would be very different and abstract because you don't have any other context for it. But would it be better or worse? It'd be different. It'd be different. I can't do one without the other. Can't. That's a tough one. Nah, if I had to choose between those, I would choose writing. Because writing, the, I don't even have to write to publish. I could just write to vent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I would choose writing over all interesting i'll find something one day that you'll choose over writing no 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 i doubt it i've done that my whole entire life Hmm. i've never not well someone needs to offer you a million dollars to write that'd be fucking great offer me a million dollars to write (laughs) anybody's down for that anyways if you guys enjoyed this conversation we had with jermaine l4 the homie el homie el amigo the friend from ages ago childhood birth from mama's womb from before since we were sperm shaking hands shaking sperm tails um you can find his instagram at jermaine underscore main that's j-e-r-m-a-n-e underscore m-a-n-e you can also find his music on spotify itunes soundcloud youtube under l4 he has a couple of songs on all of those places go and check those things out as for us you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at just convo pod you can also find the podcast on our official website at greatthoughts.info at apple podcast podbean google podcast spotify or stitcher yes on top of that uh, related to writing there is a writer's group there that you guys can go find at greatthoughts.info that has uh things related to this if you like to write if you want like any of the things we we're talking about if you like those grindy things and to create and to make words if happen you need inspiration if you need inspiration there's prompts there and everything there's a writer's group with a small dedicated community that are consistently always submitting and new people always coming through you can find work you can find inspiration it's all there Also, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and we'll read it at the beginning the way we did today, and it uh, helps people know about the program, whether they want to jump in or not, and blah, 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 blah. Yes, and let someone who might like it know about it. Yes, word of mouth is so powerful, so go tell your rapper homie, hey man, listen to the advice this guy's giving that other guy, or hey man, listen to the conversation they're having, or hey man, look at the way these two hosts talk about the love this guy has for his cockroach girl. Friend. <laughs> All those things are relevant to somebody. Yes. This has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. is not better than nothing because nothing is null and things can't be compared to null. How do you feel about that?
nothing could be compared to nothing. Or, I mean, I guess it's, things can't be compared to nothing. Yeah, he's taking it out of the reality built around the sentence. The, yeah. Because, yes, when we think about it, at the end of the day, you can't compare nothingness to somethingness. You can only compare things. Yes. Oh. And the lack of things can't be compared. Mm -hmm. That being said, eternal bliss isn't a thing. It's a sense. It's a sense. So. Meanwhile, bread is a thing. It's a tangible object. So you object. can't compare a sense to a thing, though? Not necessarily. Because oh. maybe eternal bliss itself is non-existent oh there's no uh, objective truth behind eternal bliss but there's objective truth behind bread so then bread is still better bread is still better because it's well th <laughs> no it's not better bread is the only option the, okay it's either bread <laughs> or nothing or nothing all right in which case bread bread yeah all right interesting the Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Nitrum, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.